Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You are now listening to The True Light with Sayyid al Imamisa Al-Hadi Al-Mahdi in a live question and answer session. Can you tell me who Yanin is? <laughs> Yanin is an extraterrestrial being who incarnates of the 19 galaxies. And they do travel by ships, as you would call them for lack of a better word, and they've been intergalactically traveling and coming to this planet since 11,500 years ago. And Yanun is one of the masters that's been assigned to awake you people up. Because you people are a portion of ancient uh, births of the Jabariyans, as you probably don't even know what that means. Right? And some of you must be walking up. And so master would come. The master that you saw was called Rama. If you would have gotten a closer look at him, 
He comes from 4,000 years before Jesus. If you'd have got a closer look at him, you would have saw that he had white hair and red eyes. He's a caramel complexion, fairly thin, and his name is Rama. He visited planet many times. He lives in Shambhala. I don't care how crazy it sounds to you, or one day you'll find out it's true anyway. That in the center of your planet, there is another world in the center. There's subterranean pathways to different chambers in the center of your planet. The pyramids are entrances there, and so are the pyramids out in South America and the Nairobi Desert and out at the Antarctic is the entrance in. And Yadin is one of the masters of the school of the birds. They call him the feathered bird. This is why in South America, when they, when they look over the sky and they see this image of this bird on the ground, that is his school. So certain arriving masters to this plane knew what school they would go to. Each galactical, what do you call it, body had their own school on this planet. Muslims uh, don't realize that throughout the Holy Quran, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about angelic beings coming to earth, you've interned them because of Christianity in the 18th century into little white babies with wings when you're talking about celestial terrestrial beings or extraterrestrial beings who have been visiting y'all for a long period of time. Because some of you are the sons and daughters of extraterrestrials who came here and you have to be brought back to power to defend this planet against the destruction by Azazel and what they refer to as Lucifer and the other 200 fallen angels which were again extraterrestrial beings who invaded this planet 6,000 or 5,000 some odd years ago and have been ruling and have caused the masses to either hover or to go into the subterranean parts of the planet and they just come up to either ascend to the earth to teach man or they will make intergalactical communications leave and come back and this is what Elijah saw, this is what Jesus said when he said he was caught up in a whirlwind in the clouds and went up. The whirlwind in the clouds is the ship itself. Elijah was taken up in a chariot and Enoch was translated into heaven by a chariot. It's throughout the scriptures and three men visited Abraham at his tent and then one went up and the other two went on down into Sodom to try to talk Lot and his family into coming out. You know, these, these stories that you have interpreted in the scriptures strictly as religious dogma because of the translations by the Christian churches, etc., who had no knowledge of extraterrestrials, they have turned the spiritual, the spiritual community of beings who have existed in other galaxies into gods or into angels and gave them a bunch of names that didn't apply to them. And so you just happen to talk, mention one who is very powerful, Yanun, his name is, they say Yanin, it's also it's pronounced yeah, no independent on the dialect of what galaxy you're in, the pronunciation changes. And in the one you described was another one called Rama. It was asking you about Yanin because Yanin is a sign to give you all answers about the things that you need to know in this time and the time that you've come from to be able to distinguish the 144,000 who would be those extraterrestrial beings prepare them to create that whirlwind and make that 
ascension out of this state which they call the rapture rising up from the earth while it goes to its turmoil with the lamb as they refer to him which is merely a symbol of a humble being from an extraterrestrial and Isa and Miriam alayhi salama was caught up between the two because he was one of the only Jabarian of his time meaning he was the only what well, I say Jabarian of his time the only being of his time that an angelic being as you call him extraterrestrial came down and went into a woman again like they did way back in Genesis and gave birth to this being who was partly angelic and partly man so that he could try to raise your, your spiritual consciousness but man was not ready so Allah saw fit to send after him a mortal who would be guided by a Jabarian which was the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who would be guided by the angel Jibrail who was an extraterrestrial because the message of reaching man through his spiritual awareness like Jesus, Jesus didn't work Man was born to kill him, but they didn't understand what he was doing. And the more he would execute the power of healing and things to show them that they had the same power, some of them, because that's why he said, I only was sent to a certain group, a lost sheep. I got to find a certain group of people, you know, but the people who he was not sent to, they didn't like him. They persecuted him and, and in turn wanted to kill him. So Allah, the islands were fit to send another being, which you all call the comforter. Which was Muhammad and have the angel visit him who would be an extraterrestrial to guide him and give him the Quran, the final text that will teach you about your intergalactic traveling and how you got him. Why the Quran says, We sent you down to earth. <laughs> they keep missing it says, When there's a turmoil in the garden in heaven, then we cast you down to earth in the Quran. From where? The angels come down from where? From floating around in the sky. No, they sent you down to Argos, which is Earth, the blue planet. They sent you here from other galaxies. When you violated the law, intergalactical law, you were cast down here like prison. You all are, are, are away with, as you would call it. I don't know a better word for it. That you all are in, signed to a prison. Earth is a prison that you all are in. And you are people who rebel, who would listen to Satan, as you call him, which was Azazila then, or Tanush. You listen to him, you follow, and you've been assigned to earth until you overcome that. Until you turn and give your total reverence to Hua, Allah, Allahi, La ilaha illa Hua. But you incorporate in that. Even that, when you say Hua, you have to say God, Allah, God, God, Allah. You keep interjecting. You personified him and said he was Master Farad Muhammad or he was Yahweh Ben Yahweh. You always have to do something rather than to just serve the omnipotent source of the Hawa or way is inside you, the essence of life. So now you've been assigned to this prison, which is called Ardu, the Blue Rock Earth, until you which they say are born again, and born again of what they say, of the body of the spirit. Of the spirit, y'all must be born again of the spirit. You must be transformed from being this mortal being who is destined to die back to immortality. 
You follow? You must become a supreme being again in order to be worthy of intergalactical traveling again. So now what has happened, the devil's seed is in the earth, mixing in with the God's seed as you'd have it, and it's keeping y'all bound to the planet and creating new dogmas every day, new deviations from the fundamental truth and calling it religious and sex and all different types of Islamic, Sunni, Shia, Ahmadiyya, Bilalian, Black, Muslims, Hindu, Buddhists, and just creating new dogmas to keep you from seeing the straights of Surah al as they call it, the Surah al the straight way of those who made the pathway through the galaxies. The Surah al when they say in the Quran, and they know Surah al-Mustaqeem, Surah al-Lazina and Amba alayhim, ghayrin ma'udubi alayhim walabdaalim, they're telling you, I want to be guided and I want to be guided less worried. I want to get back out of here. Surah al-Ravina and Anta alayhim. The stimulus that surah of those who you are giving your grace, Allah Ta'ala. I don't want to be like those people who got the everlasting curse, who damned to this earth forever. Or those who deviated off that path that was leading from Malakut to Nasut and went somewhere else. Or as they translated in modern times, have left the path of Deen al-Islam and went into other denominations of thought. And you deviate from the path of Deen al-Islam when you deviate from the path of Mila Ibrahim. When you deviate from the religion that Allah Ta'ala gave to the Prophet Adam which was the, the, the way you should work your way back to Jannah to Idris, back out of this plane and back into Malakut, the domain of angelic beings from which most of you have come. But some people here have made an everlasting pact with a Zazila, a Zazila or Tanush, this being who ruled in, who tried to overthrow Mikael in Malakut prior to the birth of your planet. As a result of that, was cast down. Some mortals have succumbed to him and begin to worship him in a subtle kind of way. One of his names is God. And they have taken and called the Lord God and Jehovah God in the Ahra, etc., etc., etc. You follow? So you just happen to touch on a very sensitive subject. And you all, uh, I am here to try to bring you all back to that teaching. But I gotta start with what you understand. I gotta start giving you what you think you want, so you learn how to think on the level of what I have to give, or what you know you need. But I can't start by pouring out. I've been teaching for 20 years on Earth, in and out, visiting in and out of here. Different beings speak to you at different times through me, different trying to answer all of your questions to prepare you for the real knowledge the real information that you have to have after you get through wobbling in how great you are and how you got here and how you're Abraham and your Keter and your this, when you finish all that ego tripping, then I can get down and teach you the truth about things and prepare those who are supposed to leave here to prepare so when the ship does come, they can go. You follow? And I know that sounds crazy, but he wants to make me sound crazy. That's why he made movies like Star Trek. Because he knew this knowledge. 
the devil, he believes he knows these things. And that's why he saturates the television with about a, a bunch of things like fiction, so that when the final truth comes, I say, your whole concept of religion in the Bible is wrong. You don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about intergalactical beings, you're not talking about angels. You're talking about the ultimate source of all existence. You're not talking about God and Jehovah. Those are just expressions. When you say Allah, you say Elahua, Yahoo, oh, he who is. And you cannot define him while still confined to this prison called the physical body on earth. It's amazing. <laughs> this is amazing to me to hear people from this planet <laughs> asking questions about such intricate things. <laughs> it is really amazing. I don't, you don't even hear yourself. That's what's so funny. You don't, you don't even hear yourself. You hear yourself talk to me, but you don't even understand half the things you're asking. It's amazing to find that the spiritual people here are beginning to wake up. It is not about a water religion. You know what I mean by a water religion? When they dip you in some water and say you're baptized, or some, or you or go to Mecca and then say I'm a Muslim, where it's just a physical aspect of the being, it's amazing that y'all are now probing into the esoteric part of your existence and trying to get a better understanding of the real you and not the synthetic you that you call your body. It's a wonderful day. Yo, Hadi. I want to ask a question. First of all, wait, let me correct him. El Hadi is my father's name. <laughs> okay. What is it? What is meant? Lately, I've been getting the flash in front of me, the white fog. Like I'll be standing, or I'll be in a certain place, and I see a white, like a white, uh, like a white mist. A mist, yeah. A, how do you know that? Because I know what it is. A mist in front of me, and it just comes, and it stays there for a second. Then I, it'll go. Then I, I can move, and I, I go to another place, and I, my mind just be. You know, I don't be thinking about anything in particular. All of a sudden, it flashed in front of me, but I can't really, you know, figure out. You haven't see the thing is you're looking at you're looking at beings who are here in the Earth's atmosphere, trying to reverse the negative flow of current that's here. Okay, you can't assimilate them because you haven't developed the, the inner part of you. You're developing, but you have not developed the inner part of you to be able to focus on them and take shape the way you do physical things. Meaning, human beings are under the impression that when they look at something, they really see it, and they don't. Anything you look at, if you look at the guy's head in front of you, you are looking at a reflection of light to the brain. You're not looking at the object. You follow that? You're looking out at something, it reflects back into the, on, in the brain, and then you decipher its color, its shape, its form, its size, etc. Okay? You have not been able to do that yet with the spiritual world. Sometimes the beings will personify for you or incarnate for you. But now you have to learn how to incarnate them. And then you will see them and they'll get in your way. Because <laughs> you'll find the abundance of beings surrounding this earth plane trying from different galaxies to keep you from, you people from being destroyed by the cherubim. And we're trying to wake you up soon enough to get you back, but uh, it seems almost impossible. So many people have learned to love the cherubim as opposed to the seraphim. Okay? 
why we we the the people of Solder is why I mean I know we how could why would we allow ourselves to why are we in this condition why can't what's in us the inner being be brought forth and the greatness that Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala put upon us our ancestors do the thing that our ancestors did and we are the children our children's children no no your ancestors let me correct you your ancestors will also be visited by beings to try to help them because in, in the realm that they were in they had their degree of devilishment also you follow Lot don't forget Lot turned against Abraham and went down to Sodom and Gomorrah because he thought it was a better place to be. So he turned against the village of peace and went into the city of New York, to the village, in the figure of speech, and wants to live in the village with those kind of people. It's been going on for a long period of time. And beings have been trying, but see, what is long to y'all is short to us. What 6,000 years is, a, is, a, is, a, is less than a day to us. The whole information of your whole planet could be absorbed in a couple of minutes by any master. All the information of your whole planet, you're developing rapidly, much more rapidly than you're supposed to. Recently this week, the snowstorm, was there any significance of the thunder and the lightning? Yes. If you would read a book that I've written called the Book of Revelation 4, I explained last year expect these things. Some of the people in the class I told them this is the worst weather you're going to have in, in a long time. And what has happened is there's a clash of currents in the universe now. This is going to start crazy again. I have to keep saying that because people think I'm nuts. I don't mind being nuts. They're so beautiful. It's nuts. But there's a council that meets on all of the different planets that are in your solar system and outside your solar system. All right, your planet is lined up for evaluation next. So you have a lot of intergalactical traveling taking place here now. People coming in and going into the center of your planet. That's why they're saying there's so many UFO sightings all of a sudden. This is why people are turning back to the church. People are getting so spiritual all of a sudden. Everybody talking about the spirit and the Holy Ghost and being born again and being saved and becoming Muslim and becoming black Jew and becoming Hindu and becoming Swami and there's a yogi here and there's a yoga that. That is the work of the masses preparing you. When that happens, the currents go out. That's why all the prophecies say the sky shall be blackened and there shall be earthquakes and storms and the moon shall turn like red, turn the ball of fire. This is the time. There's a galactical alignment. Y'all had a further alignment a couple of weeks ago. They didn't even tell you all that. They put it on the news after it happened. They never told you why. Because I told y'all that because there is no North Pole, every time the elders enter, the mothership comes over the North Pole, that magnetic thing, because those solar light reflections at the North Pole, those are ships coming in. And they throw your planet off. Your, your planet is off its axis already. It's 12 and a half degrees off now. Because of ships entering into the center. In the center of this planet, there's a sun. The diameter of it is 6,000 miles. And each layer of your sun, your planet, is not a solid. You couldn't be a solid and be 6 trillion tons of weight with all the metals. This planet is, is, a, is not a solid, it's hollow. And in the center of it, there's, a, there's a, another whole empire which we all refer to as Atlantis or Lemuria. 
All right, it's terrible. They went for too long, so I'm not, I'm not going to start to spray the lantern. But the weather is out now because there's beings coming through, and they're interfering with your layers. Your ozone is thrown off now. So you're going to have abstract weather. You think it's funny now? I'll give it two more weeks and see what happens. It's going to be so cold as March, it's going to be ridiculous. Your time belt is off. Your planet is working on a time belt. Time belt means you have ticks in your time. You follow? You have been calculating the ticks, but it's ignoring the rest. You know anything about music? You know there's a beat and a rest, a beat and a rest. But when you're looking at your clock and the devil truly put batteries in to take out the ticks, because you were going tick, 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 tick. But in between those ticks, there was a rest that you were not counting. Instead of being 23 hours, 56 minutes, and 6 seconds, you really had 26 or 27 minutes. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm 48 minutes going at the same time. The beings that I'm speaking about, intergalactical beings, move on the rest of your time. It's a counter world, a fourth dimension, is linked to this three-dimensional world you're in. And when they're making communications to set up the council, which you refer to in the Bible as the 24 elders around the throne with the four beasts or in Ezekiel, that same council that has been coming here since the beginning of your planet, right? When they're coming from other galaxies here to have a meeting on this, on whether or not to let this planet destroy itself. This is what it is. You people have gotten to the point where you are about to destroy yourself and they're trying to save you, it says in Revelation. What about those who have the fear of the Father on them? The Master says, hold back the wind in Revelation. Don't destroy until we get there. But you won't come. It's right in the book. Don't be spoiled until we get those who have the seal, but you won't come. Some of you are spiritual beings, I gotta tell you. When the sons of the Almighty came down centuries ago and went to the door of the man, they gave birth to what you call the Syrians or Jebereans. Supernatural beings who have now mingled amongst men so well that they forgot who they are, except for that dormant feeling that keeps looking and saying, why does everything happen to me? Why am I different? Why, I, why am I not enjoying this party the way they are? Why do I not want to get drunk and smoke people like they do? Why, do I, why am I sitting in church saying, I don't believe that, that white man that cross is Jesus? Why is something happening different? And other people in the same room are sitting there and accept anything. Because if you look at them like, how can you accept anything anybody says? Well, if you're one of those people, they've always been saying, why me? Why when they run, I'm the one that falls. Every ski, I get the broken ski. If I look, why am I the being in all this energy? Because the devil has a concentrated effort on your destruction. Because he knows that you are Jebelian. That you're from a, you're an intergalactical being. You're part human and part extraterrestrial. He knows that. And you cannot, you're like Jesus said, I'm caught up in two worlds. He said, he, he was having problems that my spirit is willing to test my flesh that is so weak. If all, all of these collaboration of time, the alignment of the universe, the beings coming through is why your weather's out. And it sounds like a science fiction movie because that's what he wants it to sound like, but it's true. I'll tell you something that will wake you up. 
the headache, the one eye headache. You know what I'm talking about? That you're getting in that one eye, is aggravating you, that nervous tension that you can't stop locking, locking your leg all of a sudden. The inconsistency with time. Like, it's Wednesday. What happened to Tuesday? Is this happened to some of you people in there? Well, that's because you are out of whack with what's going on. You're breaking your time barrier. You're not a tool no more. We are here for you, but you won't come. We can't take you back without teaching you first who you are and how you got here. And I'm not talking about Abraham and Jesus, though. The whole Bible story we learned in a second. That's your history. You know, you got one of the shortest histories of all everybody. We were just in the 76 trillion years. We've been incarnating the new planet since 11,500 years when we first built Atlantis there. And mortals from the sea of the Nephilians who caused Atlantis to sink. A gap to the subterranean world which is beyond the understanding. Now, now but you've got to relearn who you are and how you got here so you can get out here and leave these mortals here. Because this planet is destined to destroy itself. And they're going to take you with them. And if your spirit does not develop far enough, you will be of premature birth. You'll be caught in the disruption of this planet. But um, the other thing was, if you are, if you are spiritual beings, then what is your purpose here? Mine? Yeah, yours and any other. Well, I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher who comes to get my students and prepare y'all for the war. We've had several wars against Azazel's people before, and we've won. Every time they went somewhere else and colonized, now they've colonized here and they've gotten you. I've got to come and separate you from them and turn you back into spiritual people so we can conquer him, which is whom y'all call Satan, and prepare y'all to go back to Malakut. Malakut, what you think? What is that? There's three, there's three domains, and then there's lower and above. Nessus, Malakut, and Lahut going up. Nessus is the abode of Humain, which is what y'all are, the ones on earth. Malakut is the abode of Malaic, angelic beings, as you call them. And Lahut is the throne of the Omnipotent with the seven veils. You follow? Okay. Solid, liquid, and gas. Okay. You're in solid. Okay. The angels are in liquid, mm -hmm. and the Almighty is in a form of gas. Okay. All right? Now, the liquid can become vaporized into gas or hardened into a solid. Now, I'm here to turn the solid back into a vapor, into a liquid, and then back into a gas. You follow? But they're so intermingled. <laughs> With the mortals here, it's hard to find who's who anymore. They do, they're so well trained to act like the devil and live like him and want like him and love like him and lust like him, and it's hard to find the good ones from the bad ones. Now, it's quite a confusing job when you meet people, you think they're spiritual beings, you start teaching them, and they're really nothing but physical, total physical, and it becomes bewildering. How would I know for myself? You do know it for yourself. You already know if you're a spiritual being because you're not content here. When you look up at the sky, you get to stare. When they discuss UFOs, it doesn't frighten you. 
You want to be, you want to be picked up by them. It's a different. Other people say, not me, I'm not going to fly a football. So certainly there's another people who say, why don't I see them? You even look up at night out of your window and say, why can't I see one? When I took in the congregation from this community, I said, you want me to prove you that they exist? I took hundreds of them to the mountains and said, now watch, they're going to come from that direction. And I called them and they came. And they hold it above them. They saw with their own eyes. But they can call anybody crazy if they want. I don't, as long as I got company in this insanity, I feel good. <laughs> but they saw with their own eyes the ship. And they, I told them what to chant, and they chanted, and the ship came close, being light, and took off. I said, that, those people are waiting to take you. That was it. That's my job. And you have got to accept it before he realizes how dangerous I am, and then I'll have to leave. And many times as we are sent to you, you either turn up in the gods or you call them prophets, you've got all kinds of crazy names you make up, because the men here cannot follow another what appears to be mortal without making them some type of a deity. Because they can't see it themselves. I mean, I'm a man too, so he must be God. <laughs> Instead of just seeing themselves as, as students or neophytes, as you would have it, learning they don't, they have to turn you into a god or something. Or we would be gods compared to what the powers that you once had and that we have now, we would be gods compared to that. But you have the same power dormant. The same way your fingers there can play a piano. Right? Now, everybody can. But everybody has the ability who has working fingers to play the piano. Only a piano player knows that, though. And they say, well, I, anybody can play this thing. You only know that as a piano player, though. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes what happens to me is like there's this force that comes out, and it's like really bright and kind of warm, yes, but I can't seem to control when it comes out or when it doesn't. I know that when it does come out is when I've kind of left myself or my self-consciousness, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it'll be there. All right. Uh, and yes. I notice that yes. when that happens, whatever I need to have happen, it happens. Well, that's so you. That's the real you. Whatever, and, and you want to learn to control that? Right. You take and you put your hands in front. Everybody can do this. You put your hands in front of your face and you clap your hands until you create a hollow sound, not a flap. It's a hollow sound. Not just, you the difference? Okay. And once you've done that, you put your hands down on your lap and say to yourself, relax and let go. And just drop. Relax and let go, and just drop, and you feel your body start to relax in your hands from where you slap them, you brought energy to them, start to tingle because the blood going back into the cell, where that blood is carrying carry oxygen energy, and you start to feel it move to the center of your body, and that, that feeling can start to come out. Then you stop it. It's exercise. You don't let it go. You stop it, and you, you have to go about the business and you practice it a little bit every day, and you let it come out a little further each day, and then you will control how well it travels and where it goes. But I, I noticed that other people can see it. The, of course they can. But I didn't think, I thought, at first I thought only I could see it. Because that's easy. Then you don't have to explain it. <laughs> it's so much easier. <laughs> because when people think it, they say, hey, 
what's that? And then you got to say, I don't know. <laughs> like I said earlier, you don't take on the responsibilities of things that you are. You refuse them. I'm not, I'm not going to explain that. They just leave it alone. So you would have to pursue the meaning of it in order for you to explain it. And that's going to feel like being bothered with you. You're frightened about what it might really be. Well, now you know it's really the essence of you. It's the higher of you, the real you. Now become familiar with it. And when you hear high-pitched sounds, it usually precedes it in your ear, that little high-pitched sound, move your body to vibrate at that point. You understand? Moving before it will happen, listen, you hear like a high buzzing sound above you. Right? Move your body up to that point. Sit and, and place yourself at a point where you have a level, where you say, I'm at the middle. Say it, your mind. I'm at the middle or I'm at the bottom or the top. And then envision the, that sound above you and pull yourself up to that point with that sound. You understand? And it can open up and you'll see a ship. If, if you're convinced that it won't frighten you, that's also part of that fear. When the adrenaline raises, the sense of adrenaline, which is the killer instinct in human beings, will frighten the angelic beings away. Because man does not have to have a killer instinct. And that sense comes up when the adrenaline moves. And all creatures know that you're about to kill with or without reason. So even angelic beings withdraw when that fear comes out of you. When you get afraid, they move away from you. Okay? Imam Isa, I want you to uh, further elaborate on that word cherubim and where they came from and what their purpose here is. You want me to or would you like me to? Yeah, I, I would like you to. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> Before the creation of humane beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a realm called Malakut. This realm was inhabited by two races of beings that had various species. These two races were called, in your present-day language, cherub and seraphim. They were what you refer to as angelic beings. But just like you have the two races on earth today, which came out of that, you follow? Prior to this, there was two on a spiritual plane. The ruler of this, or the Khalifa, of that realm was called Mikhail, which is Melchizedek, or El Khidir, which comes from the word Mik, to be like Muslim, to be like Allah. He was the angel who ruled all the archangels. Okay? And he ruled this, this abode called Malakut prior to the creation of Adam in the physical form. And then, certain beings within the race of the cherub wanted to rule that domain because Michael spent so much time behind the fifth veil of Lahut, which which starts another whole conversation, which I try not to go to, and rebelled against Michael's rule, which caused a battle in the domain 
of Malakut, which you call the Battle of the Angels. You see? And the angels that stayed with Michael, the seraphim from his race, were successful over the cherubim. And the cherubim were utterly removed from the plane of Malakut, except some of them who did not follow the wicked one, which is not who you know as a Zazil or Iblis. This is before him. Okay? What Mikhail did was he took one of these young children as an example, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the tree as an example of good and evil. He put one of them in the midst of the seraphim to see if they could repent, you know, save this race by raising him in truth, the light of the green light as opposed to the red light. They're two colors. Okay. This being that they raised became known, he was from amongst a race called the Jinn. He was called Jan, the father of the Jinn. They were the Kafiruna originally who covered the truth about the laws of Malakut prior to Emis. This child, Jan, was from amongst the species of cherubim. The father? Okay. <clears throat> so, after they took this child, Jan, and put him amongst the seraphim to rear him in knowledge to reform them. But this being raised up again when Allah Ta'ala confronted the angels up there, which is a seraphim, that he was going to create a Khalifa for the next abode, the next evolutionary stage, which is called Nessa, which you're on now, the planet Earth. And he would create him in spirit first, and then give him a perfected body, and he would be able to procreate like Allah. Because the angels couldn't do that. Procreate, have children. But Iblis, being from the Kafirun, could do that. They had the power of red light. Fire can make more fire, in other words. Alright. But the seraphim were from the light of Allah. They didn't. He merely taught them into existence. They were lesser degrees. So this being at a youthful age, raised up again and rallied the other cherubim that stayed behind. You follow? The ones who were not totally destroyed. And they caused revolt in heaven a second time about the birth of a being called Adam to you. Because he told them that they were created in this being, Adam, because they were created of Narun Salun. Narum and not Nurum. But the cherubim were Nar and the seraphim were Nur, the light. And Nar is the fire. You see? When he, Iblis, who was called Azazila, when he was cast down, and Lucifer, as you call him, raised up, they questioned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Mikael and said, where are you about to create 
another mischief maker he was referring to beings like his descendants who caused mischief and shed blood? The Lord's answer was through Mikhail, I know what you do not know. You see? So this being, Jan, was very vexed at the creation of a being now of what he considered a lesser nature. He was going to be created of thin, of clay, shapes of fallen, masnur and fashion from ham and black mud. And they couldn't, he said, I am better than him. He was big chested with pride. I am greater than him. And the angrier he became, the more of the sin came from him. Simon is when a person is huffing and puffing out of anger, the wind, heat that comes from them is a poisonous thing that even you do when you get mad. When you go, I hate this person. This is the sin in people. That's why they call him Uncle Sam when he sets out to send men to go on the other side of the world to kill other people, and they call it the war. Uncle Sam, Uncle Samun. This is the principle he's been using since he's come, before he came to this planet. Okay? Now, this may sound crazy to you all, but I'm sorry. So did the television 10 or 50 years ago. One day you'll find out this is all true. I'm telling you, because I was there. I'm an extraterrestrial when incarnated. I don't want you to, I want you to think I'm crazy because that's what keeps me alive. <laughs> the fact that people think, think I'm crazy, they leave me alone. And that's good. So this being, Jan, who was Melokathirun from the Kathir, stored in Melakut, in one of the lower planes of it, because each domain, the three domains, has upper and lower planes or dimensions within dimensions. 7 to the 7th power of 7 as you have it. And certain of these angels, 210, 10 were the ones that survived, they call them the unholy angels, right? And 200, he reformed there with his anger against this destined being, Adam, that he felt he was better than. So when Allah blew of his ruh, into the soul, uh, his roof, his soul into the nest of Adam, and Adam became a living soul. Allah told the angels, prostrate, all of you, seraphim, cherubim, everybody, prostrate to this new created being. And they all did, except Jan. He was ballast, rebellious, because he was from the Kafirun from the seed of the old children. He refused to do it. And Allah cast them all down here to earth. You see? And Satan, as he then became known, taking on a form of a peacock at certain times, an old person at another time, set out to deceive man. Man now had to prove that he was worthy of the throne that Allah Ta'ala created him on in heaven. You call it heaven or the Garden of Eden where rivers flow and his maiden. The maidens waiting in heaven are your brother and sister angelic beings that you were created amongst the seraphim. They're the ones they call the servants that will serve you in heaven. They are the seraphim. 
They're the ones that protect. But Allah put children on the gate of heaven between the plane of what you refer to the plane of force and the physical plane, the transition from Malakut to Nassau. He put a cherubim on each east, on, on the eastern end of it, the entrance back in to the Kaaba and up. So that man cannot just reach in because of his power and take out the key to eternal life and live forever in this ignorant state. But he said, from time to time, I will send warnings to you. And they will bring messages and signs to you that you may come back and that you may remember who you are and rekindle the Lord in you that you may re-enter into the abode of Malakut where you, Adam, was originally created. You see? So the cherubim are now bowed in earth to conceive every time the woman seed conceives and his vow to prove to Allah that man is not worthy of the throne, Ashr, that Allah gave him in paradise. And the seraphim, who are headed by Mekah, have come to your aid many times. The third angel that visited Abraham was Mekah. The one who visited Moses at the junction of the two now was Mekah. The one who sent the dove down to Asa and Miriam was Mekah. See, remember the cable said, and we, when we came to Mary, Mekah was there also. And then Jabril took on the form of the Bashar, the human being with skin, that he can go into her to conceive this being that is half seraphim and half mortal, which is called Jesus, and you turn him into a god. So what you've done is you've taken the extraterrestrial beings and they become terrestrial when they come here. They are really celestial beings who become terrestrial here, and you call them angels and gods and all kinds of things that make you feel good. So, you understand now who the cherubim are? The cherubim are the Kafir from prior to the creation of Adam. Okay? Thank you. We will continue with the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi G. York, the reformer for this day and time, right after these messages. All Eyes on Egypt presents the Holy Tablets, backed by popular demand, written and transcribed by Dr. Malachi G. York, the receiver. This is the scripture that is divinely inspired that will bring about a long overdue change. Like the phoenix bird rising up out of its ashes. Up, you mighty people, come forth like Lazarus from the tomb. This tablet is food to feed the hunger and to nourish the soul, to give it strength. Rise up, stand up, be counted amongst the people of this world. Be the first to get your copy of the Holy Tablets while supplies last. At All Eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia, 706 468-2319. Tune in to the El Holy Tablet Show every Friday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Hey, man. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, bro, man. Hey, man, I see you. think I don't got that book in your hand, man. Remember about Dr. Yo, man. Where you get that book from, cuz? the man, I've been on live. I've been on eBay. I've been on Amazon. I've been on some of them goddamn bootleg-ass Dr. York sites and shit, man. These motherfuckers charging goddamn damn near rent money and a goddamn down payment on a house and shit for some of them Dr. York books, man. It's hard as hell to find a goddamn one. Then I went fucked around and went on goddamn Amazon. They were selling all the tablets and shit for a goddamn... It was a goddamn notebook. It was a goddamn goddamn holy tablets and a goddamn binder, man. These motherfuckers charge like six, seven, eight hundred dollars for these Dr. York books, man. 
Hey, man, what can I got down? Get me one of them got the old book reasonable, man. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like at least got down some of his shit, man. These motherfuckers, man, these motherfuckers really motherfucking charging out the ass, y'all. I need a legit place. Where the fuck can I get me some Dr. York books at, man, that I won't motherfucking goddamn go broke over. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Does this sound like you? Well, of course it does. Or, matter of fact, it did until you found out about All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia. That's right. All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia. You don't ever have to worry about where is your money. Who can you speak to? All these bogus, fake, bootleg sites that are perpetrating and pretending that they're selling Dr. Malachi's New York books. And even if they did, they're not selling it at an affordable price. Don't go to no one else. No one. No robots, no websites, no none of that. Get all your Dr. Malachi's New York books right here at All Eyes on Egypt. Man from Planet Rich is at $19. The L's Holy Tablets is at $70. Also, let's not forget the Sacred Wisdom of Tehuti. That's in right now. Get it now while you can at $25. So much more. The Right Knowledge Series, the Christ Series, the Mohammedism, the Mosism, the Christism. We got everything. The Luciferian Conspiracy. Everything's written by Dr. Malachi New York at a legitimate, affordable, price in a legitimate store authorized by Dr. Malachi D. York himself. Don't waste your time, don't waste your money, and enjoy the rest of your life knowing that All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia is dependable, trustworthy, and authorized by Dr. Malachi D. York. Why wait? Pick up the phone today. Call 706-468-2319 and speak to a live person. Only at All Eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia. That's all eyes, E-G-I-P-T-G-A dot com. Call us today. Now, welcome back to the Man of the Hour. It's time for us to show forth the other side of the world. And that principle has always been raised amongst the ancient Mitzrayim. You want to call them that? Kemet. You want to call them that? Tamara whatever you want to call us. The principle is called math. It's the first principle of every order. And the sacred gathering spot is called Waset. It's been translated as Karnat, Aswan, but the sacred spot in the sacred temple was called Waset. You hear me? And the symbol was called Matt. Matt has been often interpreted to mean justice. I think in the Islamic world, the best interpretation of Matt became Jihad. And those amongst them that were physical took Jihad to mean physical war. And those amongst them called the Mutasawa or the Sufi took Jihad to mean a spiritual struggle inside oneself against justice or injustice. Quran even said injustice and impartiality will not be tolerated. So the symbol that you raise is the ostrich feather. You may have noticed it in the hieroglyphs. Many of your ancestors or deities have the symbol of the ostrich feather. And that's called the mat. That's the foundation of all the mystical orders worldwide be they Native American, Freemason, Essien, Magus, Knights of Columbus, 
Shriners, Theosophical Society, Ashtara, Rajputin, they all go back to the mat. And this is why they say one of the first things that was created was the quill. The quill, which is the pen, did all the inscriptions of the Greek deity, Tahuti, was the ostrich that they carve it and they use it, the scribes, to write the many books of ancient Egypt that most people today have forgotten. But that was our symbol. Remember that symbol, Matt. It represents the struggle within side. That's why they chose the feather, because the feather is a very sturdy object, but in wind it fluctuates. But if it will flow with the wind. You notice the Native Americans put feathers on their islands to make it stairway, stare straightly. Well, in ancient Egypt, that same symbol represented staring the cock and the bar through these troubled times, these winds, they call them sentimental winds of life, when the pressures come down. The person that has a strong inner side survives. The person that has a, a weak inner side falls to the wayside, always. Those people whose principles in the WAPO are based on a spiritual thing who survive any changes. Just as those people who are Ansar, who are Ansari spiritual, regardless of where the surface went, they were still Ansar. Whether we was calling ourselves Hebrews, or Nawapians, or Native Americans, or Cowboys, whatever we called ourselves, because their roots in what we were doing were in the spiritual, not in the not in the physical appearance of being a Muslim, wearing a Targia, wearing Jalabia, that wasn't where they were at. They were there spiritually. They were a cosmos. They were a part of the cosmos, the utterance, that word that stirs inside each one of us. And they get anchored in the word. And the foundation of it is the word is true or false. False manifests in the physical truth, always in the spiritual, because you can't lie in the spiritual sense. You cannot lie to the soul, because you cannot lie to yourself. And that's why in the language, Hebrew, they had nafish and an Arabic nafshu. And he had combined the word spirit and self as one word. You could not lie because you cannot betray your spiritual self. You will tell yourself the truth. So you are your best master, because you are your best God. Because you cannot lie to God. And the only being that you come in contact with that you cannot lie to is yourself. So God, therefore, becomes the judge of the judge. That's why he said, I am that I am. Repeated, I am Christ. I am that I am. They say, oh, I am that which I am, or I am whom I am. Identifies his outer part, his outer being, and his inner being. He never told his name. When they ask you his name, say, I am that I am. You have to learn the principle that I am that I am. Really means what you see is what you get. It's a very simple, it sounds complicated. They've turned into all these different mystical interpretations in the Kabbalah of the Jews, but simply means I am that I am. No more, no less. So cosmosis, if we're going to spend this evening before we go into the ritual, is to ask you questions about the spiritual. Be careful, because there's several levels here 
of cosmosis. Everybody's not on the same level. So you can't ask me questions and expect me to answer questions from the white or black level and then the crimson level who begin to answer selections they haven't studied yet or degrees they haven't gotten into. So you have to be wise enough to have the question vague enough that I can answer it vague enough in order not to probe into what is not uh, ready for certain people who have not raised them to that degree yet. Alright? Any questions that you want to... I know one thing everybody keeps asking me, let me add this, is in our principles it says you got to take a long walk on a short path. And they say, what do you mean by that? What it means is, I said that back in, uh, way back in 1970. What I mean by that is we had a very short period of time to take a long walk. It takes most people a lifetime to be just a Christian, or a lifetime to be a Jew, or a lifetime to be an Egyptologist. And I said, well, between now and 19... I'm sorry, between 1970 and the year 2000, we have 30 years. We got to take a long walk on a short path. The short path was the 30 years. The long walk was the amount of information and the amount of schools of thought that you would have to go through to be transformed from mortals to immortality, transformed back into gods back into deities, back into nothing. That was going to be a long journey on a very short path. That's what it meant. If you want to be a good cosmos, you've got to learn to take a long walk on a short path. And most of you who've walked with me for years have gotten so much information that it baffles the normal pedestrian when they encounter you on the streets. How could you possibly know that much information? The answer is, well, I took a long walk on a short path. And you're still on just one of the long paths that's taking you to a short end of a stick. <laughs> any, other, any questions? Yes. Maybe so hurt, Alice. What, what do we do about the knowledge we didn't get, like, for people that came when we were in New Waffle, how does the knowledge from the other schools behind us affect us? That's such a good question, it's frightening. Because what I found out that you have two types of old times. I should say years ago, old times are faithful but not sure. You have two types of old times. Those that were rooted in the community physically, again, those that were rooted in the community spiritually. Those that are rooted in the community spiritually have a lot of spiritual insight of the things they learned from me over the years. And that's their strength. But those that are rooted in the community physically were looking at me the way Musa looked at al Khidir and thought they knew what they was looking at. And thought they was figuring out what I was doing. And as we get down this far, some of them look over now and see they never really understood the man they was talking to. You follow? So some of you people who just got here will never be able to have those schools. And you should have had by now spiritual masters raised amongst us 
who had taken that long walk on a short path and been able to come and instruct y'all in the many experiences that they went through while walking that path with me. Unfortunately, so many of them didn't because their hearts weren't in it. They were just here physically. They weren't here spiritually. They never really heard the message. You with me? So you missed that, those, those tyrannies. It doesn't mean, believe me, that old times are good. That's not true. Both of them are faithful, like I said, but they're not true to me. And they'll be the first one to stab me in the back. You follow? Because they were not groomed to be true. They came out of a world where dishonesty and self-preservation and self-righteousness and ego was the reigning force and introduced them to a culture like the Ansar Law tried to introduce which meant restraining yourselves from the world and the families and everything else to prepare yourself. Most of them couldn't do it. They only pretended they did while it was in Ansar and they still on the phone. They still doing all the things they was told not to do. So they never really got the spiritual side of what I was teaching. And we opened the Sons of the Green Light years ago for the Sufi and we started and we had to stop because people were taking the lessons and giving to their loved ones. And passing it to their wife, it was my wife, so it's okay. It was my husband, so it's okay. And the spiritual masters came to me and said, they are dishonoring the secrets. They're not keeping them sacred. So we must go underground again. And that's why I fold. And we had hopes in this time that it will come forth again in short of time. A little bit of time to get the job done when it's time for us to raise again. And if people here can keep the secret safe, then things will be revealed to them. As of now, I haven't really opened the doors to ancient Egypt to you and given you the secrets that we have kept sacred for so long in Washington. Knowledge that you're supposed to know about yourself and how it all happened. I haven't done it as of yet. I talk about history, I talk about science, talk about the creation and destruction of the world, but I haven't pulled that elite group aside and passed on those secret words, the word that Asif wanted from rock so bad, the secret words of the Freemasons we're trying to get that gives you that power of divinity. I can't pass it on to people are ready. And you'll know when you're ready when you become your own judge. You follow? So it doesn't make no difference if you was here 20 years or 20 minutes. If you intend to do the right thing, intend to work by spirit and not by body, intend to involve, become a part of the rays of the sun's light, it'll be easy and you won't have to miss nothing. But if you come here and you just want to be a part of a mystical order because it makes you feel spiritual, you don't take your initiations, you don't follow the instruction, you don't do anything to that is subscribed to in the lessons, then you're just wasting my and your time. And it's just something else to do. In the Freemason Lodge, there are those that are serious, and there are those that just buy their way through the three degrees. You follow? You just read them and they just walk around masturbation with a ring and a symbol, and they don't even have a clue of the secrets and the hidden meanings of these things. None whatsoever. But they think they do, they go into fraternity, they go to the large meetings, they go to conventions, they put on the apron, they put on the, the, the three great lights, they took their Bible conference in square, 
and they learn certain of the triad terms that they use, you know, from degree to degree as they raise, but they don't, none of the, and they never pass the royal arc and turn right, they pass the royal arc and they're hit with a light in their eyes. And that light I spoke about several times is a blinding light. On this side of intellect, light is blinding. And the way to teach a student is to teach him about the light. Tell him the light is the knowledge, the light is the intelligence, the light is the intellect, the light is the God, the light is the way, the light is this. But light blinds. Darkness don't blind. And all Freemasons are blindfolded. As I mentioned just yesterday. And while they're blindfolded, in that period that they're waiting in the lodge, for someone to remove that blindfold, the inquisitive mind starts to work. In the darkness, the mind starts to speed up, starts to race. What's going on? What's going to happen here? What's coming up next? What's going on? Who is this? What's that sound I smell? What's this here? This wood? You understand? Why the table toe? Why my leg, one past leg raised? Why this? Why that? You follow? That's when they're divine. Once they remove the blindfold, then they're blind. When you hit them with the light of Freemasonry and start giving them the principles of Freemasonry and start giving them the tools of Freemasonry and they put the Bible in their hand and they point down on the altar and they open the Bible and there they put a compass and a square and they look down and say, these are the three great lights. And they look down at them. When in actuality, three candles are surrounding the altar and those are the real three great lights. When you have the person look down, they point down, he looks down, looking away from the three candles that represent the three suns, they know right there that he is blinded by the light. And that light is the compass in the square and how they will build this Bible around him and reshape him from a God into a mere man. You understand? So in our order, all the symbolisms, all of the uh, tools that we use, all are geared towards being able to see in the dark and avoid the beam of the light. You understand? Yes. How do you know once you reach that point of light? Then what? See the word? See the word? Enlightenment? <laughs> I'm just saying, see how they did it? You want, I'll tell you what. When you get to the point in the enlightenment that in all that you read and all that you study, you still feel there is a... What's the word? Say it again. A void. What follows void in the Bible? Void and darkness. Once you finish all the studies and all the religious dogma and all the arguments of who was here first and who's the greatest and genetic this and science this and then you still are hungry for something. You follow? And that is the spiritual journey from void into darkness. And in darkness is tranquility. They've taught you the prince of darkness, the devil, is evil. See the reverse? 
and the light is bright. The warmth bathed in the light. In ancient Egypt, what they had was the three suns that you know as what? Shemesh, Utu, and Asu. They had them as Atum, Atun, and Amun. And those are the three lights that you see in the Masonic Lodge representing the three candles, or even on the floor of our lodge, the Muktep, the three candles. You only need to light a candle if you're in the... Let me ask you about that for a minute. If you're in the dark, are you with me? And the dark is ignorance, absence of intelligence, absence of common sense, evil. How do you have the intellect to know to strike the match? How do you know to light the candle to get the light if darkness is ignorance? So you see where the deception came from. The beings that were in darkness knew about the light. People in light cannot see darkness. While you're on earth and you look through the day, you know there's light, but right outside the Earth's atmosphere, you know there's darkness. Which is more, the light that surrounds the planet or the darkness that is the universe? So which one would be more likely where the Supreme would dwell in that light that is contained and restrained within an atmosphere based on reflection or in a boundless universe? in a boundless universe where darkness is, but, but there must be intelligence. <clears throat> if that intelligence or if that darkness was transformed into light by combining hydrogen and helium atoms to make them create a cycle to create a sun to send out a beam and explode and create solar systems, there was some intelligence involved there. But that intelligence was in darkness and the results was the light. So void and darkness was intelligent because even in their Bible it says what? What was it say before that? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth and what? And void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the surface of the water. Start again. After it was void and darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the surface of water. The Spirit of God was moving in, and then he said, let there be. And that's when he started the chain reaction of consideration. You know what I mean by that? God created and then had to stop to see whether it would be good. He looked and said, and he saw that it was good. So when things got into light, it did not necessarily mean that they were good. Because God created these lights and then said, saw that the light that he created was, so the light was not necessarily good. And that's why in Islam they had Noor and Nair. And Noor represented the light and Nair represented the fire. And therefore that light was not necessarily good. It was always, as I said years ago, independence of how one uses it. You can strike a match to light a candle to die, or you can strike a match to burn down the house and kill everyone. There is temperament in light. 
There's no temperament in darkness where there is no attempt. Because in darkness, your only fear is tripping over something you don't know is there. So if you hold still and hold your peace in darkness, divine manifests. But where there's light, there's doubt. Yeah? You'll know because your mind will reach a point where you start to say to yourself, there is more to know. There is more to know. And that hunger will cause the divine to come forward if you discipline yourself. Yeah? And there is more to know. It's not, it's, not, it's not out of reach. It's out of trust. I can't pass the secrets on to you people until I know you're ready for it. They've been protected for thousands of years. There's nothing to bring. Yeah? Yes. <coughs> it just hope you heard. So is it good to um, sleep in total darkness when you, when you go to bed? Because sometimes it wouldn't make a difference because once you go to sleep, you won't see the light is on or not anyway. So it really doesn't make a difference. Those are religious mythologies created while you was in certain schools on that, what? <laughs> Short path. Right, all of them had to teach you the way they thought in order for you to digest those schools thoroughly. Had to teach you Islam as if I believed it, in order to get you to believe it. Because all it was about is belief. And then we had to get to the point where we had no longer a need for beliefs. If also there it said, "Don't sleep in dark." Why? Because the monotheistic principle, which is the principles of the physical. And what was void of any spiritual knowledge is always consumption by fire due to judgment. But in this case, the God of light is not using it for intellect, he's using it as nah, fire. The word they use in the Torah, which they borrowed from the Sumerians, was or flames, light in the sense of burning. So this God warns you that if you are not obedient to me, out of whatever other gods that you chose, I will burn you up. You hear me? And you're taught that in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. If you're not obedient to me, on judgment day, I will judge you and I will burn you up. So the principles of monotheistic beliefs is fear of being burnt up being consumed by fire. Meanwhile, they teach you, dwell in the light. Stay away from the darkness of ignorance. Dwell in the light and then tell you at the end of the road that we're going to burn you up if you don't do everything the way I say do it. It's right because you dwell in the light. And it's the sun and the environment that ages and kills you. So you're already in that path if you are a physical being, if you are a spiritual being, then you spend the short time that you walk under the sun's rays to raise yourself spiritually past the care of the physical body. And it will care for itself. It will sustain you if you stop patronizing it and flattering it and gorging it and stuffing it 
and painting it and all the different things you do to it where it becomes incapable of performing for itself, you maim your own body. You follow? Your body is just a vehicle to carry the spiritual you through this earthly journey. And you're supposed to be raising yourself in degrees spiritually so that by the time you take the garment of flesh off, the, journey, the rest of the path is easy. You just blend back into the rays. You see what I'm saying? So it's not best to sleep in dark or light or light or dark. You, you follow? Because regardless, when you go into that state, past sleep paralysis, into what they call sleep, you don't see it anyway. And if anything is going to attack you, it's because you allow it to and believe it can. All right? Yes? Um, does lucid dreaming or waking sleep have to do with a certain state of consciousness? Say it again. Does lucid dreaming or it's called waking sleep have to do with a certain state of consciousness? Yeah, it has to do more so with the vibrations of the body. The body is vibrating with a certain pace. That's why you have people say, when I'm getting ready to go into a transcendental state, I must drop my body down to alpha wave. Now, why would they go to the first letter of the Greek alphabet, which would be Aleve or Aleph or A? Why would they say, so where is man vibrating? Well, man is vibrating an eighth up. He's vibrating at an octave above. And he has to make that journey down to alpha wave where his body therefore is in tune with the own. Yeah. You follow that? Now in between those, in, in that, anybody, anybody knows the octave is eight tones, right? In that, in that, let's say, regression of sound going down, there are other beings who are able to vibrate in and out. And those beings step within your dreams, because while you're dreaming, you start dropping down. Have you ever listened to a cat? When a cat is sleeping, how it purrs. You ever heard a cat? Anybody have owned a cat before? And a cat purrs when they sleep? You know, so you purring sound? That's because they're dropping down. Human beings usually drop no farther than out of the eight to four, so they stay in what's called sleep paralysis. They're in a paralyzed state, and oftentimes, if they wake up at that point, before their body has progressed to one to start the journey back up for waking up, they'll wake up and their body will still be asleep. And their eyes will open and they will be paralyzed. Thus the term sleep paralysis. And in that state, the body panics. And it goes to the brain and shoots directly to the hippocampus area of the brain and starts to find solutions to things on this side and that side at the same time, and thus hallucination begins. People start to hallucinate, they start to have visions of things, things that they create or have experienced themselves. Remember, man is a creator and thus a designer. So he can design monsters to terrorize him or angels to guide him. He can fly as high as he wants, swim as long, as deep as he wants in that world, in that world at the fourth level coming down from the eight octaves. You follow that? So it does definitely have to do with the a mental state, which has to do with the vibrational level of the human being. And human beings have to learn to travel that octave back and forth at random. And that's what Ohm wants to teach people, how man starts at the eighth, drops to the seventh, and sixth, 
in five, it's all the way down when, at any given time, you can go into alpha, as they call it. You follow it, and your body just purr. Your heart starts to slow up. You breathe less, less, and then you start to make that transit state. If you get all the way down to one, you're with me? Then you can get a new boost. Just like when you're extremely tired because you stayed up for two days, you find at the 48th hour, you get, or 20, even the 24th hour, you get a boost and you get this, what they call a second breath. You're working on etheric now. You're no longer working on blood. That extra boost you get when you're extremely tired and driving, all of a sudden you say, I gotta wake up. Boom, you just served, you're able to drive another 100 miles. That's moving into the evening. When you learn to take these journey, this journey backwards back into yourself, if all the journey inward, when you get down to one and you learn to vibrate there, then it's easy for me to take you over into the ethnic world. Because on the other side of this one, hydrogen existence starts one ether. And all the way up to eight. When you get to, in the element sense, what can happen? Because the element sense is from hydrogen to eight. And eight is? Oxygen. You see that? A gas is formed. So when you come down from eight to one and go up to ether, when you get to eight ether, you make a transformation into ethereum form, another gaseous form, another form of gas. And you'll be able to travel that, that, that ladder backwards and forward. Then if anything begins to happen to you on the physical plane between eight and one, all you do is drop your vibrational level and transport your essence into the ethic world and wait to see what happens in the physical. If the physical body becomes damaged to the point where you no longer use it, but you have a job to do, you're able to pick anyone from your family who can vibrate on the same, same type of blood, because the liquid is the oxygen, water, H2O, same kind of blood as yours, you could jump into their body to get a certain assignment done. Oftentimes, relatives will come back to a person in their family who they think are vibrating the same, and the person is, becomes afraid from seeing this gaseous etheric image in their room, and the adrenaline produces a serum that cuts off or be, builds a gate where this walk-in cannot get into your body. So your grandmother who came back to get a message to someone who needed them, comes to your bed, at the head of your bed, but then she turns and leaves. She just says, I'm well, everything is fine, because you close the gate through fear. If all of you have to learn that monotheism created fear to cut you off from the spiritual world. Their whole philosophy, their whole doctrine of religion is based on stay afraid, fear Allah, fear the Lord, fear retribution, fear hell, fear judgment, fear, you know what I'm saying? So you don't stay in a celeste state, a bliss state. You stay in an ever-regretful state because it's near impossible as a predominantly physical being most of the time not to do disagreeable things. Right? And once you do a disagreeable thing, and, you fit, and the law is if you do one sin, you're going to hell, you inherit a new 
more dreadful attribute, guilt. And enough guilt will make you say, what difference does it make? I'm already going to hell. I'm already a bad person. I'm already a disagreeable person. So I might as well not try to make the journey back. And that could not be far from the truth. Once you learn not to fear, once you take on the role of God and take on the responsibilities for your body and your soul and your spirit, those three great principles, that's the three great sins. When you conquer them, you conquer it all. And you can make that journey back and forth. That's what Om is about. Om is not, we've, you studied books and you may have got bored so well. I've been reading Om, I don't see what I'm getting any spiritual. Because it's about waiting until the people who join Om, because they want to transcendental meditation journey, get fed up and leave. And those people who want to stay will be here and then we can get down to business. You follow me? Anything else? you make the intention in your mind to change positions, you must break your chain of thought. Because you have to think, or oh, I'm going to get up and go get, sit in a chair. So which means you've got to start all over again. If you try to get up and pick up where you were at, it's impossible because you put a new thought in between. And that was, i got to get up. Oh, where's the chair? That's the point. That chair's more comfortable. I'll sit over there. Or just over there. Let me get my rug because my rug's a little soft. Hurt my ankle, and then hurt comes in. Hurt, hurt links to a whole bunch of things in the subconscious mind. Wow, I was hurt before. I fell out of a tree. Remember when I was a kid? I got hurt. I got hit by a baseball. Oh, I hurt what? I hear somebody crying. Are they hurting? You follow? And the, the mind is so powerful and works so fast, and it starts to digest that information so quickly that you're off that path. You got to start all over again. You gotta sit down. In the middle, meditate, middle, right? And then start to contemplate and rebuild it again. You know what I'm saying? Believe you me, it's worth the time. If you're too lazy to give that much, that, that extra moment to it, then you're really not entitled to the rewards. Yeah. Can you just explain the travel from the um, eight octaves back down to the one? I remember I used octave because I was using something I was hoping everybody would understand which is the tones and music. Right. Okay? Middle C would be the most destructive. Right. Okay, now when you're explaining that, um, do you, do you, what um, certain exercises do you suggest to um, get, you, get you able to vibrate on, we're able to travel from the eight octave back down to the one? That's what I'm always teaching. We've just started now. I've just introduced y'all to this tone of own. This tone ohm in the human voice is a replica of the sound of the multiple big bangs that took place. Different explosions in the universe. When they finished exploding, I think in Islam I used to say babies go They remember that vibration as they were coming into existence and they can hear the universe from the other side and they hear things rubbing to create friction, to create sparks, to create life. So they hear chet, and that's why they use the word chet for creation in Hebrew as well as in Arabic, which they grab 
as usually from the Sumerian doctrine. Or hat in Egypt means that dead body, hat, that dead existing thing waiting for transformation, right? Amun is supposed, is supposed to teach you this gradual transformation. First, I've got to teach you how to sit down and focus your energies, conquer the, the material world and the things that surround you that seem to be so important to you. If I look, that's one. Or to give you the power to be able to cook it off because you're in a world where there's a million things you have to do, but be able to have a certain tone or note in your mind that when you hear it, be it own, it automatically starts you on that journey. You follow? This is a process of learning. It's not about saying, tell me exactly, Pop, exactly what I can say so tomorrow I can click it on. If you did make the transition, when you got down to the fourth octave, I mean, when you got down to the fourth note within that octave, all kind of demons that are in your subconscious mind that have been planted in there by the media intentionally, every monster that you've ever been taught to believe is real and did as a child before the mind of logic and evaluation could grow while you were still in an imagination state, every little creature you saw and everything you envisioned, you believe it or not, you stored it in your heart as real. And these are the things that you shape to create your nightmares now that you're a grown man. You just make them a little more sophisticated than they were when you saw them on television. They might have just been a headless creature that was chasing around Daffy Duck in a cartoon when you digested or the headless horseman who scared people with a lantern and no head through Halloween. These things stayed with inside you in your essence. If all that, and they're dormant waiting to come out. And you can combine them the way you take Mr. Potato's heads and put little pieces together. You can put little pieces of memories of fear and, and traumatize yourself. So you just can't go jumping back there. And that's what happens to many people who join these meditation groups and they're on a very high spiritual level because their mothers and fathers genetically were high spiritual people and they get there and they get possessed. Or they go to a Pentecostal church and they get possessed. Or they go to a Yoruba meeting and get possessed or to a Santaria and they get possessed at a Shango meeting or spiritual Shango spiritual Baptist in the islands. They get possessed the first day. Other people suggest say, why does not bother me? I'm not getting the Holy Ghost. How come I'm not foaming at the mouth? How come I'm not? You understand? Those people was able to make that leap because somewhere within their four generations on both sides, which is eight, again, four on the mother and four on the father, somewhere in that period coming over this way, somebody was very spiritual or someone did, someone dove into Shango or someone dove into Yoruba or someone dove into Udu or Bodeh. Someone dealt with some of these things in your family and they have opened the porthole in your genes for inviting souls to step in and they haunt you and they torment you until you learn psychic self-defense and, and how to go back down that channel or that, that semi-vortex and patch that hole up genetically. So it's something that has to be taught to you gradually so you while you're learning to open this channel, you're also learning psychic self-defense so you become a spiritual warrior when you get back there. Because there's beings you will have to fight off this in your mind. And this is why Native Americans often tell people when they're in a sweat lodge, 
and they're going through these things, they're smoking these uh, peyote, they take them on these journeys, and in these journeys they come up against demons and monsters, and they'll tell the, the chief or Maku, will tell them, this is the demon that's inside you. These are illusions. You've got to defeat them, but when you're standing there, you see a mountain lion perched on a mountain getting ready to leap on you. And you got to remember that you were taught by your maku or your shaman, whoever, that this is an illusion that you're creating. And, that, and, and it'll get more ferocious as your fear increases. And once you overcome that, then that mountain lion disappears. And then you start a little further down and you come across a tremendous rattlesnake. And you're cornered by this rattlesnake. Because you have seen movies in your lifetime where people were caught and trapped by rattlesnakes and you said, what would I do? And the moment you added the I in it, you planted it in your subconscious mind as being a part of your life. What would I do if Godzilla came over the mountain? You've now instilled Godzilla in your mind forever. What would I do if Dracula had me cornered? What would I do if a wolfman would chase me through the woods? And that's why they make these kind of movies. Because they know as God that you're constantly taking that unshaped asthma and bringing it into a shaped asthma, taking an uncut stone, a heap of mud, and constantly cutting bricks to build this strong character. And in that they must inflict or maybe they must implant all of these kind of thoughts that deviate, that take you off the path. They work with us from horror. They work with us with lust. They work with us with greed. They implant all the things in us that interfere with that direct path. You follow what I'm saying? So you have to take that journey gradually, step by step, so that you also put on, as the Bible would say, you put on the armor of God. You see, because you're going to fight the dragon. And you become a dragon slayer. But you are the architect. You are the fastener and the shaper and the former of the dragon. And only you can overcome the dragon when you give back the world of illusion. It's a battle. But it can definitely be overcome. Yes, anyone? Well, okay. um, my question was, when you refer to um, stepping back from the physical and looking at your body or what's happening is just a play. Um, should we step back as far as to look at ourselves from above and see our physical body? Or should we like look at it from inside out? Like look at the body as far as this isn't me where he's saying in the mind book, um, these desires are not me. Um, and the other things that you said, as far as should we um, step back as far as look at ourselves from above and try and um, like control our bodies like a playmaster or just let it happen? Um, no, you have to take control of it. But saying it is written in a book, so I can introduce the thought. Saying it from the book will not, let it, will not make it happen. It's just when I say something like, this is what you must do, this is written so that you can get an idea of what you must do. You can't read that and use that as the means for which to accomplish it. You follow what I'm saying? You then have to learn the path of finding yourself, of turning yourself inside out, of making that inner journey. And, and believe you me, 
for lack of a better word, you're not that far away spiritually from what you want. Otherwise, you would not have been led to this position. In the earth. You would be sitting here right now aspiring to find out there are people out there that are roaming endlessly in the Las Vegas mind. You're nowhere near where you're trying to come. So some part of your genes, be it family or whatever, is leading you towards this path for a reason. Don't try to solve it all at one time. This is the first time that I'm even talking to people of Amun one-on-one. Most of the time, I'm preaching fire and brimstone about the coming calamities of the world. And I didn't put time aside for the spiritual people because I was busy trying to reap the harvest of the physical people to get them ready. And I'm finding out so many of them are wasted. They're so caught up in that world, it's a waste of time. It is time to focus on you. That told me, I said, that said something that said, the spiritual sons and daughters are gathering. The physical people will gather here every Saturday night. But if you can gather here on Saturday night and be that spiritual person, you rule. You gather here only on Saturday night but have no concern about the spiritual, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? This is just the first time. There's going to be more things happening. More was supposed to happen today with your alignment. Maps are supposed to be set out on the grass in the circles of nine. You're supposed to have a certain chance that you can learn to chant. You start getting your body ready for that transition. But nature says it's not ready yet. And we're trying to build a spiritual circle. And we have to wait until so it rains. We can't put the match down have you sitting in water. But we can sit and we can talk and prepare ourselves. There's a journey more than just a little bit you read in the pamphlets. By far. It's about being ready. Alright? How many people did fast? That's good enough. You're starting, you see. Yeah, somebody wants to say something? Yeah. Um, is there a reason why at the age of, I say, myself, five, around five, six, I was around adults, and I said to myself, they don't know anything. <laughs> And ever since then, I've been looking for a master. Now, I thought I was influenced by, like, now I used to be into martial arts, watching karate flicks, and I would see, like, these Shaolin monks and the things they were able to do. Mm-hmm. Or they do on television. Right. Or what they do on television. Right, because you haven't seen none of them do it in reality. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because I studied martial arts many years, too. And you know, you know, you go all the way over there, you don't never see none of them jump up in trees that are 30 feet tall. You only see them in Bruce Lee movies. And when I went over there to study, I wanted to see them do the things that I saw, you know, catch a bullet in your hands and all that kind of stuff. I was told, that's not real, that's a movie. After I paid the flight over there. <laughs> and so... But then I said, well, wow, you know, why is it that all these people around me don't really seem to know anything? So from that point on, I started on my journey searching for a master. Spiritual master. Huh? Spiritual master. Right. So you are a master. For a spiritual master or or God, as Mm -hmm. you said. And so, boom, at the age of 19, I stumbled on to you. Um, no one told me, 
it just went looking. I woke up and it's like I have to find this individual. And I said to myself, the first person I come to, I want to go to them and ask them where can I find this one who's in the swamp. And I saw a brother in white. And I said, well, where are you guys based at? And he told me, what's your book And I said, fine, how do I get there? He told me how, and I went there. And I said, how do I learn? How do I become a part of this? What is this? And he, they, they laughed kind of. They said, don't you know what you're getting into? I said, well, no, but I know that some, you know, I'm looking. And so I said, fine. That's when they gave me my shahada and so on and so forth. And then as, you know, I've gone through, through my life, there are certain things that occur to me that I don't know if it's my mind doing it or what, uh, whether people experience it or not, which is so many times throughout my life, I'll see something, and as if I lived it, I ended my life, and I got a fresh new start, and I started from that point on. And it keeps happening. It keeps happening as if my whole life ended. I lived and died, and then I started from that point on. And it constantly is going throughout my whole life. I mean, like, once a month, it's, it, I'll be at a point. I say, wow. And it's as if I lived that whole life, my whole life of existence, died, came back, and then I started at that point. Now, you know what I hear? Is at five years old, you was two years ahead of yourself because at seven years old is when the, the greatest part of a child's imagination comes in. The reason why I use imagination is because that's when they start imagining themselves things that they are not or things that they can be or they wish to fly. Don't everybody put a cape on and dive across the room because they're not, they don't know about a school where they can learn to fly a plane yet, but they're fascinated by flying because their imagination sets in. But that's part of the seven-year cycles that has to do with every human being's zero time reference. Right? Starting at seven and it keeps on multiplying. At one time you did that from nine to nine and, and at first force did it from six to six, but you're falling back to seven. They've taken away certain of your strands and you're back to seven, so you move at seven to fourteen to twenty-one, I mean to eighteen, goes on like that, it keeps on going like that, twenty-one, etc. So now you probably are having a loop, what they call a spiritual loop, is you are something in your younger life jilted you, and it caused you to speed up in time. It could have been an incident in your family, it could have been a tragic death, and I'm not kind of sounding a psychic reading, believe me. It could be any of a number of things that they gave you that jilt, and it pushed you up two years mentally. And as a seven, as a five-year-old, you turned around and looked at people, and they didn't have anything to offer. And when you, and that's when you made a re, it's like a rebirth, and you went up again, fourteen, another rebirth, and it keeps on going through cycles like that. As you get older, and you, and you're a seeker, what happens is these times lap over, and you become fed up. What you're calling starting all over again with life is I'm fed up that this portion of my life is not fulfilling to me. I must find another route. And then that other route takes you to another level. So you keep feeling I'm being born again. I have a new life. You're not the only one that does that. Many people do that. They get fed up with stages in their life, in their own mind, and they write them off as new zero time references, like start again. You're not really starting again. 
you're really a combination of all of the thoughts and all of the imagination, all the feelings that you ever had, but you feel obsolete ones, and therefore you have the ability to erase them out of your subconscious mind. But if needed, you can reflect. You follow what I'm saying? That's why you're able to say, well, when I was five years old, I looked around and I saw that the people were not, which meant that you still have stored you follow that? In that hidden submental part, them stories, those pieces of your life that appeared to shape and form. You knew at that time you was a seeker, that you was not a person on a spiritual path. You didn't know what spiritual path even meant back then. But you knew you was on a journey somewhere. Most people do. But most people get so, we get sidetracked by so much of the advertisements, advertisements and the excitement, the bicycle, the, you know, the basketball court. We get sidetracked by chasing the girls in the schoolyard until we lose the most important parts of our life. If you study back to your so-called religious scholars, they spent from 1 to 13 with masters. And then at 13 was declared a man. And then from 13, by the time they got to 19, they were married and had a family. You follow what I'm saying? Those are, that, is, oh, that is still inside you, in your chromosome. These things that happened in your past are still in your present. You're living in a circle of time. Time is not moving forward or backwards. You're a part of it. It's expanding in and out and passing you like waves going back and forth each time. Like if I put a dot in the center, throw a pebble, and it starts to go out, and this keeps on, keeps going, going back like this here, this is what time is. So you have time forces where events can recycle themselves, appear to renew themselves. If all the waves keeps on crossing, and you can see it on sound waves, it actually happens, it bounces and they come back off themselves. Well, the human body is vibrating off sound, so we, so we react just like it. And all our thought patterns are sound, they're light, in order for them to become emotions or energy in motion, they work that way. You see? So, it don't feel like you're a stranger. The strange part is over because you was on your way to find a spiritual master. And it took you down many schools of thought, all which are beneficial to you. Because all that you obtained while you was in martial arts is still beneficial to you if for no other reason you learned to take care of your body. You learned how to exercise and train and discipline your body, which will help you discipline the mind. You follow what I'm saying? But those are just leaping thoughts. You know, them cycles, they are, you're, you're, you're still in tune with your real self. Everybody is seeking a spiritual master. And sometimes they don't stay with their spiritual master, they're not strong enough. You know what I'm saying? When they find when the master's not saying what they want, like I said before, when Moshe or Moses met Melchizedek, what happened? He won, he told him, you're not really ready for me. You, because you're looking at me, you think you see, you think you know what you see. How many times I tell you? Seeing is, seeing is, uh, and hearing and reading is, believing. You follow what I'm saying? That's why I said, he said, and I went to see those shadows, and I said, well, what you saw on television? <laughs> but that was only what they made us see it, and because we saw it on television, we really believed there was men that could jump up on a building up there, flip back there, and then flip back down, you know. We really believed it when we were kids, didn't we? And they can take, you know, steel bars and 
break them with their hands. We, we, didn't, we didn't take into consideration skin and bone and tissues and what they're composed of, you know, or they got their mind on that. They teach you, if you think your mind on the other side of that brick, you just got to think through the brick. And you can punch the brick, you can think all you feel like to make these bones, these bristles, and all this and say, I ain't with you on the brick thing. I'm with you on the exercise and the cottage and all that, but I ain't with you when he comes down to punching your hand through his brick hand. And it won't go through. And then they teach you, but if you really believe in your mind you can break that brick, you'll be able to break that brick. And that's because they have special bricks bait. You watch any martial arts instructor when he's training kids, he touched the wood on the grain. You know you broke wood on the grain. When you go pop, it's already got the grain going his way. You can just about sneeze and break it. <laughs> Let me go get a piece of teak wood. <laughs> or ebony. I'm going to see you break some ebony or some teak. You don't see that, do you? You can hit a brick at the right spot and break it. Yes. Okay? Here's the last question. Because I know you're up there online. Well, okay. Um, this is a question concerning... Um, Lesson one that I had some time back, and I really want to get a good understanding of it. Um, as I did my first lesson, I noticed I seen a being of uh, Al Qadar, um, and eventually he went to one eye, and it went to a question of who am I and what am I. I just didn't understand that as far as me writing it in and returning it, but I passed and went on. I just really need the, to the overstand it on my first lesson more than my second and third one. Alright, in the first lesson where it tells you about how Melchizedek will come and visit you, you follow? Had it not been told to you and you accept it, it may not have happened. Do you follow that? Sometimes to make an event take place, a person, especially a graphic, a person like we are must be told the event. Um, if there, if you were not taught about a god, could there be a devil? So the principle of teaching about God graphically creates a necessity for a devil. And in the event that a devil is totally eliminated from the subconscious mind, then there'd be no need to call him God. So you create a scenario that takes a person to another level. And so you say, you know, you are capable of being visited by Melchizedek. You, are, you have that ability once you bring yourself to a certain level. And the deity in you will bring Melchizedek to you. Yes, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Will make that happen. So the first lesson of people who made that kind of contact, those people connected an etheric core directly to me when they did that. And thus I can get through their etheric core into their dreams and into their life on various occasions to guide them. Those who blocked it because they didn't believe it possible did not allow me to make that etheric connection to them. Thus I can't get through the etheric core to make contact with them on a spiritual level. I only meet them on the physical plane. That first lesson was making a link, a sensula, as the lesson explained it, a chain link between me and you and me and the universe to you. I'm the connection to the inad.
the non-emerge. And that connection is through me to you. That's what that first lesson is supposed to do. It's supposed to link us. And sometimes we tell people, if you didn't get that first lesson, don't be so hasty to get more books. Go back and study it until you grasp not so much of what the words are saying, but until you have that vision. I hear you. Is that, a, is, that, is that an actuality? It's an actuality to the person it's happening to, and it will be a dream to a person who's looking on. Because both worlds are real. Why don't I'll explain that. If you can have a nocturnal emission, which means that while in a dream state, you can actually have a physical reaction, then there's definitely a connection between the physical. You can actually, in, in the university, when students will sleep, we pour water in their hand and they pee the bed. Yeah, we did that stuff too. And your body can actually make a link while you're in your dream a person can step into your dream physically because sometimes when you're laying in your bed and about to wake up, if your brother comes in the room, he becomes a part of your dream and then you wake up. This is not so that only a spiritual being can do it. There's a doorway left open for beings to get into your dreams if you welcome them. And if you don't welcome them, but the hippocampus area of the brain starts to hallucinate and you start bringing things into your brain that you don't want there. And they traumatize you, chase you, and you wake up in a what? A full sweat. How come your sweat glands is activating if you're just, if it's all imagination and no reality? You would be imagining that you're sweating and wake up dry. But the fact that in a dream state, as they call it, you are actually having a physical reaction tells you that those two worlds, uh, what do you call it, mesh and become one. You hear me? So it is a reality. And the people that have, have me visit them when they need me and have me visit their relatives when they need guidance and their mothers in the hospital and the different things, it is real to me and to them. And those people who sit down before their affirmation and in their own when they make that spiritual connection with that letter they send me and they put their hands on that letter, we connect right up with each other. And I send energy through that. The stuff you're doing to own through me to you. That is real. Right? What do? نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part and that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sustainer of all the boundless universes all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles. And
and on the Messiah, the Anointed One, and on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujahid, the Reformer, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. Ethiopia about the sun and, and even etymology. Nine Ether. Yeah, nine Ether is number nine also. We've been saying for a long time. Wapo, like you know about the Wapo and all those? Yeah, yeah. Those are the ancient signs. I showed a tape about the um, Benny Elohim. Um, the Elohim. You are, you are Elohim. Believe it. Mm-hmm. And the Elohim that sits here are both good and <laughs> bad or <laughs> simply agreeable <laughs> and disagreeable. <laughs> That's us. You know what I'm saying? And he is L. L is the Elohim is the plural of it. See that? L? That nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it. And that He is alone and has no part. And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God. And on the Mujahid, the reform, which was all set from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio.
and restores the power of Elohim in your heart. For you are the children of the Holy Tabernacle, the sons of the Elohim. Find your way to the nearest tabernacle of the Most High and sit and listen to the voice of our Savior, the Lamb who dwells amongst us before it's too late. Before it's too late. Before it's too late. Before it's too late. You are now listening to Rabboni Yeshua Bar El Hadi on Mount Zion, the city of peace. And everything that was sent down in that particular book, and when it talk about the 144,000 and everything that was standing on Mount Zion, and then after the year 2000, then what? I mean, what about what? What, what are we going to be doing? What do we have to do? I mean, are we making plans? That's what you, is that what you mean about that for us? As far you know, as far as uh, you know, the Amorites and all that, you know, all that stuff is predicted because nothing, nothing in prediction changes. Yeah. You follow that? Uh-huh. What you're looking at now is Revelation 21. Uh-huh. Revelation 21 ties right in to Malachi 4. You follow what I'm saying? Malachi the 4. The book of Malachi chapter 4 about the oh, incoming okay. of the end of the world. Okay. If you look at the Revelation 21 where they talk about the removal of the sky and the removal of the earth, or they say the heavens and the earth is going to be taken away and a new one is going to come in, that's the same thing that took place in Genesis. The old world, right, before Adam and Eve was removed, and a new world came in with the birth of Adam and Eve. And then again it happened in Genesis when you get down to the uh, prophet Noah, and they moved everybody off the planet, and they took his seed and replenished the planet again. So there's multiple times where the Almighty steps in and says, I'm going to remove all living things or, or either all creeping things and I'm going to bring in new things. Mm-hmm. A re, a, what they call a replenishing or a refilling of the earth. Uh-huh. Alright, we're coming back into that cycle right now. Oh, we are. We're I'm coming back in the cycle because, pay attention, because the moon cycle has gone out and the sun cycle is coming in. The moon cycle is a symbol of the night okay. or the shadow hour. Mm-hmm. And the sun cycle is, is a symbol of the day. We moved into the sun cycle because as the galaxy makes a complete circle, it's called an equinox. And the planet gets closer and further away from the sun at different times in its motion. During the period of time that the sun and the planet are close to each other, those are periods referred to as the, the solo era. And when it gets farther away from it, you know, it makes it... Yeah, but it's an egg-like shape, okay. right? When it gets further away, that is the moon cycle. That's why moon is synonymous with night and sun is synonymous with day. What is happening is every certain amount of thousands of years, it happens, right? We're getting ready to come back into the sun cycle. We already started into it a while back when it, what the devil referred to as the Aquarian Age. In that period of time, the sun gets closer to the planet. Mm-hmm. And a very strange thing happens, right? Yeah. 
The people who cannot live under the sun only have one alternative. What is it? No. They must go back to the cage. Oh, okay. They can't stay on the surface. Yeah, okay. You follow that? Mm -hmm. So what's happening now amongst the so-called Europeans, the reason why they're building underground tunnels across Europe, the reason why they're taking all the stores off the streets and turning them into malls, the reason why they're putting the cinemas or movies, as you call them, inside malls and hospitals and everything, or underground communications, because he's coming into an era time that before, in the Holy Quran, as you call it, uh -huh. so God speak about a period of time when they went into the caves, and they don't even know how long they were in the cave sleeping. They were sleepers in the cage. That means that was the other cycle when the sun cycle on the other side came in. Then it goes into a moon, and then it comes into a sun again, then back to the moon. It's two moon cycles and two sun cycles that complete that complete equinox. All right? We're at a period of time now where the sun cycle has come in, the ozone layer is moving, there's a greenhouse effect, the planet is warming up, and the European people have to get off the surface of the planet. They have to go underground. And they're trying to build everything. First, they tried to go out. They found out that life existed on Mars, but they couldn't exist there because of certain ammonia that, that they would make it impossible for them to survive. So now they're back to building underground. They linked up Europe. They had to get a one-world system so that all Europeans would be in tune because those that are not in tune will die. So all we have to do, and people, when I speak about the end of the devil's rule or reign in 6,000 years, all we have to do is wait. You're looking for some phenomena other than what's taking place. In the books of Malachi, they call him the son of justice. They translate it as righteous, but it's the son, and they use the word shemesh. They don't use the word son like ben, son, S-O-N. They use the word S-U-N, and they speak about the son of justice bringing out the fire upon earth. Right? That marks a period of time near the end of the world when the sun itself is going to become the means of justice. And that justice is a confirmation of a prophecy that was made to us that when the devil comes out to harm us, fire would rain out of heaven upon them and consume them. Follow that? And that's happening to them right now. But we're looking for matches to be struck and flames. That's only one kind of fire. If you remember the hell book that I've written, I said there's a variety of different kind of fires. Is it a, is it a gas fire? Is it a, a carbon fire? Is it, you know, there's different kinds of fires. The sun in itself, Ra, is a form of fire. You follow that? They call it Amun Ra because Amun means trusted. You follow? Amun Ra means trusted. And it makes mention in the book of Revelations, in the third chapter, in the 14th verse, about El Amun. The trusted or faithful and the true. When I say faithful, I mean that I've made a promise with you, and you are faithful to that promise. You follow that? So Amun Ra has to hold faithful to his promise to us as people of the sun. When I say Amun Ra, people think right back to idol worship in Egypt, right? And I'm talking about Ra means to see. And it's the same thing, like I explained many times, that Hagar used when she went in the wilderness. She said El Roy, which was enough for saying I'm El Ra. She didn't say Amun because Amun was a certain people that she didn't belong to. It's another story. All right, so the promise is being fulfilled for us that the time for the devil is ending. The fire is pouring down out of the sky. It's happening to them right now. It's giving them skin cancer. Each year they're told you can't go to the beaches. They love beaches. Beaches are a symbol of nudity to them. And the word nude is short for Nod, the land of Nod. In Hebrew, we don't say Nod. We say nude.
now they're pushing for nudity beaches, and it's amazing because they're pushing for nudity beaches, but they can't go to the beach. So they must be pushing for nudity beaches for you and I. Because it says, oh, children of Adam, don't let the devil seduce you and take off your clothes. So he can't be making nudity beaches for Europeans because they can't go to the beach no more. They're telling them, stay off the beaches. Where they're not getting burnt, they're poisoned in the water. There's fires all across the country, floods all across the country. All this is done by the Illuminati. They're trying to destroy the surface of the planet so that we will have to go underground with them. Do you understand that? They're at a point now where well, we they... Have to go, do we? I mean, we're not going to go. It depends. It depends on if, <laughs> well, you, it depends on if you're prepared or not. Okay. You've got to be prepared because regardless of how close the sun becomes to the planet Earth, it will not have any effect on us. I mean, but do we have to prepare ourselves just as individuals? No, we have to prepare ourselves as a body. That is our problem. We keep on breaking up into individuals Uh and divided. We have no power. We're the only people that's disunited amongst ourselves. We get broken down all the way down into Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists and Sunni Muslims and Hassars. We're broken up into all kind of little stupid splinter groups. There's Egyptologists over here, Dr. Ben is on this side, and Clark is on this side, and... And Siraj Wahaj is over here, and Muhammad Al-Amin is in Al-Amin, and Farrakhan is over here, and Warfdi is over here. And that's just in the Islamic world. Then when you get into the Hebrew world, you got Ben Amin, Kata, Yahweh Ben Yahweh over here, Rabbi Jeremiah over here, Rabbi Matthews over here. And that's in the black so-called Jewish section. Then when you get into Christianity, you got Seventh-day Adventists, Pentecostals, Episcopalians, Protestants, Baptists, Lutherans, Catholics. And all of this has been set up to divide us in mind. Because the power of us coming together mentally can affect the world. The whole thing is to keep us divided in mind, right, because of this day and time. The devil's time is at its expiration date. It's fulfilling its prophecy. It's 6,000 years is coming to an end. Now, what he has to do is get off of the surface of the planet. If you would just be patient, he'll have to leave. He can't reverse the greenhouse effect. He cannot push the sun away. He cannot reverse the destruction of the ozone layer. He can't stop that. It's not bothering you. He's convincing you that it's bothering you. (laughs) He's trying to tell you, you better not go to the beach, because if you go to the beach, you're going to catch skin cancer. What's wrong with you? You was born on the beach. (laughs) What do you think Ethiopia is? What do you think Sudan is? 130, 110, 115 degrees all year round. You follow that? So we are waiting. I am waiting for the sun. I raise my hands to Amun-Ra and say, come closer to the earth. Because the closer he gets, the faster he gets, the quicker they have to go underground. And what they're trying to do now is they're trying to destroy the surface of the planet. So they're poisoning the water so we'll have no fish. They're burning all the forests so all the livestock is gone. They've corrupted all the farmland. And then they are destroying all the countries that oppose them where we might take refuge. You follow that? All the Middle East is being wiped out. All of Sudan, Ethiopia, Somali. Don't fall for that Somali lift. That Somali lift was a result of the fact that they looked on television and saw them camps in Russia, and they saw them Amorites starving over there, so they had to get food over there. And one day, it took them to close all them camps in Russia and bring food, and because the public eye was on it, they sent a couple of bags of being the Ethiopia sort of looked like a balance for the, for the UN. Now, actually, they're not least concerned. Part of the plot is to destroy all of what's called Africa, Africa. Either by AIDS, famine, if all diseases, they're going to wipe it out because they have to go, like the Quran taught, back in the cage. If all that, they have no choice. 
They build these high-rises and these condominiums. All of the so-called Europeans who live on the southern part of this country are now moving north. So they're going to eventually leave out of South Africa? They have to. They have to leave out of South Africa, but it's going to be in a, such a bad state, there's nothing we can do with it anyway. They gave the land to these Amorites. They didn't have to. They could have taken, and they didn't have to leave Nelson Mandela in jail for 26 years. So they wanted him in there until they lobotomized him and used him as a tool. But let me get back to where we at. People ask me all the time about South Africa. I'm not in South Africa. We're right here, and we got problems. And we better get straight. We better start worrying about what's happening with us here. We're running out of time, and they're making more demands. The reason why you see them trying to renovate your neighborhoods and buy up your neighborhoods is because they have to get out of the South. You understand that? They got to leave Georgia. They got to leave Florida. They got to leave South Carolina, and they'll have to live from the upper part of North Carolina up where the weather is controllable until they can go underground. So now you drive all up in these mountains, and all you see is Florida plates and all old, old Jews walking around up here because they're trying to find places up here, up in Canada. That's their refuge. So as many times they tried to put a community in Canada, they couldn't get it established. We have a problem with Syracuse, Buffalo, all up there. And it dawned on me because we have to get out of here and go south. Why do we have to go south? And why do we have to go to an area south where it's open and not mountainous? Because that's where he can't come. He cannot chase you where he cannot go. You follow that? So as long as we're up in a mountain area, he can come up here. But when we get down in an area where it's flat and open plains and the temperatures range in the hundreds, we don't have to worry about him coming down there because as the sun gets closer, he will not be able to survive. It would be suicide for him to pursue us in an environment where nature is fighting against him. You understand what I'm trying to say? This is the day and time we are now for the people to say, why are we leaving Mount Zion and going south? Because we're passing him on the road. <laughs> that, and let the fools come this way, and we'll go that way where he can't come. But we're going to have to learn how to survive down there because you forgot how to be sun people. And that's one of the main reasons why I said stop the perms and the jerry curls and all that crap because you can't afford it and you won't have access to it. You know what I'm trying to say? And I, and I didn't say go back to Afro, because Afro described one hairstyle. <laughs> one hairstyle. I, I heard somebody say just yesterday, if they were to bring that hairstyle up to today, instead of us being called Afro-Americans, we would have to be called Jerry Curl Americans, or Extension Americans, or, or, per, or Perm Americans, because Afro is just a hairstyle, and the word Afro don't apply to us. We are not Africans. And I say that to say nobody is African. There is no such thing as an African. The word African means Africa, to divide us up into pieces. We are Ethiopians, we are Egyptians, we are Kushites, Hamites, Shemites, we are not Africans. You follow that? We have broken up into families, became known as Ashante, we became known as the Dingans, we, came with, we got set up with Igbo, we became many different names. But when you get past all those tribal names and get down to it, we are Shemites and not Semites. They're, they could be semi. They could be Semites. We're Shemites. You follow? So we have to prepare ourselves for this hour of time. And the sun is on our side. Nature is on the side. But he is destroying the planet intentionally with all kind of earthquakes and 
Right now, if you look on the news, there's fires in Florida, there's fires in California, there's fire. He's burning up all the forests. When you burn the forests, you're chasing the animals. If he's burning the forests down there, which direction is he chasing the animals? If he's poisoning all the waters on the seacoast of Florida, where is he chasing all the fish? Now, why would he chase the fish and the animals up here? Huh? Because he's going to be living up here. <laughs> so the best way for me to chase you is to light a fire. I light a fire on this side, I can guarantee that whatever's on that side is going to run in that direction. So if you monitor them fires, them fires start off the coast of Florida, and they're moving all up. Now they're talking about South Carolina, all on the coast of South Carolina. They can't get inland. So what you do is go inland. Stay off the coast. You follow that? And all the animals will run inland and north. And there you'll set up your colonies for survival. You follow that? Who is he, um, uh, planting food and stuff like that? Or star. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Won't be no A.M.P. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be no A.M.P. Right? Of us. And that's why I'm moving. Yeah. My name is Tahida. And it's Tahida. Not like that. You know, that the word Ahad, right? Ahad. And Ahada is the same as Ahad, right? And Tawheed, but see, Tawheed is a created word. The reason why I say it's a created word because it's used in Islam, and Islam claims to come out of the Quran, correct? That when Muhammad received the Quran, that's when they formulated the system of Islamic teaching, and they corrected this divine language in which this scripture was sent down. You follow me? However, the name Tawheed is nowhere in the Quran which meant that after the Quran was completed, then men looked in the Quran when they were setting up grammars and stuff and created words from words. Mm -hmm. So in Arabic language, yeah, Tawheed is a word, but it's not a Quranic word. It's a word that they've made from the word Wahid. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. I would like to ask a question. Um, the importance of coming into the tabernacle, um, those that want to come in, I can't speak for those people because that's the day and time we're in. We're in a strange day and time. And that is that we have evoluted ourselves from pure mental, right? We had a perfect ether and a bushel. We have, we have evoluted into some new being. And I don't mean new being, I mean some new kind of being that's not in tune with the original self. You know, we're radical, we're unpredictable, we think a lot like the enemy. Yeah. We're self-destructive, we're uncooperative, and up in the most, we're disagreeable. So we have subject ourselves to a lot of stuff that has changed us. So it's hard to look in the eyes of a Nubian person and know what you're looking at now. You follow? Um, yeah, shalom. Shalom. I'm a part of the Christi Coptic Hebrews, and we wrote you several letters, and we, had a, we didn't hear any response, so we read in your bulletin which you did write, and we'd like to know, well, why didn't we hear any response to you first? So many people are trying to match what I'm teaching, not necessarily you, and oftentimes they really would like to know what they're talking about, but they don't. You know, they say, I'm fluent and I'm hot, and they make a statement like, Hala Salafi means this. And I look and say, that's not what it means in Amharic. It might mean something in modern translation that is even with Ethiopia today, but that's not what it means in ancient Giza. Or they'll say in the scripture, this person is this, and that's not who that person is. They're reading English translations or Amharic translations from English. 
So understand, the devil has ran way up ahead of y'all in, in the early 19th century, the 1910, 11, and 12, and started translating all the scriptures into French, out of a, a land in French called Bukhara. And then translated from that into Arabic. So the Arabic Bibles you got are originally translated from French, not from the original. The Amharic Bibles you're getting are not from. And Halifalassian people like himself were sellouts to Ethiopia. They were not for Ethiopia. He was a sellout. He was a Christian, a Coptic Christian. You cannot be a Christian and be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. You can only be of the pure seed of the house of Judah. And you can read it. If you read the book of the prophet, who they call him a prophet, they call him Nubia in Hebrew, and it means a prophesier as opposed to a which is a prophet. And it's called Melachi. Melachi means in Hebrew, my angel. They say messenger. So they don't want to translate that. If you read that, you'll see how they address false Kohan. They call them false priests. People who are perverting the law, who don't keep the sacrifices, and don't know how to do this, and don't know how to do that. It's only four chapters, but it's the last of the 12. They have the, they have the 12 of the 21 in the, in the Tanakh. 12 of the 21, which is supposed to be the 12 minor prophets. And the 12 minor prophets, they are there to explain to us where errors went wrong. And the last one, the most powerful, is Melech. And he predicts all the future events. Certain people would love for, uh, let's say, Elijah Muhammad to be Elijah. Other people would love for Haile Selassie to be the Lion of Judah. There just wasn't it. They never did anything that rendered them it. Their congregations are desperate for a person to hug, so they create an aura around a person that I met Haile Selassie personally. Right? He, he doesn't see, he never saw himself as Jesus. And of course, we could say after that, well, of course, Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then if we say, you know, if I say to you, are you Jesus? You say no. I say, okay, only Jesus would say he's not Jesus. Then I say, well, okay, then you know, I am Jesus. Then you say, I told you, he's Jesus. Haile Selassie never subscribed to Sending them out, which I'm pointing out in that bulletin, it's still not good enough for us because they, his father and him both married Hittite women. They married the cursed seed of the Canaan, of which Abraham, who is our father, and the shield falls under Abraham, not David. That's another thing I read. They mentioned the shield of David. Morgan Dawid is not Morgan Abraham. If you look in the 15th chapter in the first verse, Barashit. When they refer to as Genesis, the shield is Abraham's shield. That is the star we wear. The shield of it's called Morgan Abraham. And he says, The Lord said, I am your shield, Abraham. They're following a different star, interlock star, which is a symbol of Satan. It has nothing to do with the star that we're following. So what it is, is I addressed it like I read the pamphlets, I looked at them, I saw this from our books in it, I saw information that was wrong on Hala Selassie, so I said, I'm writing a book about Hala Selassie anyway. Not so much about Hala Selassie as the character, but as one of the characters in our Ethiopian life, because we are the original Ethiopian people. Sudanese are Ethiopians, whether they want to accept it or not. And Ethiopians are Kushites, and Kushites all come under Ham and Shem, right, which are the sons of Nah. So what I did is I addressed it subtly instead of opening like I usually do. What I usually do when someone writes me and says, you're wrong, you think you know what you're talking about, then I usually go, so you want to play games? And I write a whole book about them. <laughs> That's my way of saying, don't play with me. I'm not the same thing you are. I'm not some person who just pops up with a little information, you know, and, going to, and trying to get a congregation. I, I say that to the five percenters. I say that to Farrakhan. I say that to the Sunni Muslims. This is a different level of information that we're coming from. And so what happened is I addressed it subtly the same way I did when the Sunnis first wrote about me. I put out a couple of little leaflets, and then I said, you understand what I can do, and I left it alone. And then they came back with a cult book, and I said, okay, so you want to, I don't want to fight, because this is going to be 
Cushite on Cushite, but then you want to play Let's Dance. And, you know, and I'm, but the time I wasted, you know, researching the Quran and showing them their errors, I could have spent raising the nation. And then I got sidetracked because I was on a Jesus Christ mission at the time, writing a series of books about how, who is Jesus' father. And I was, you know, trying to get that spell of the ghost, the gospel, the ghost spell out of our heads. And I got sidetracked by my own people. And I got there. When I got there, I met the five percenters. And then I got sidetracked by the five percenters. And I'm like, back on mainstream. And I said, is this another? And I got to myself. I said, I'm going to sidetrack. I'm going to have to stand here and badger more of my own people. So I just I said, let me just write about it. Right? And left it on. I have a whole book on Ethiopia and the history of the line and descendancy of Judah, where they went, who they are. Documented facts. Not hypothetics. Shua was a land. He was not from Shua. He migrated to Shua. He was raised in a Barak, another whole province in Ethiopia. Moved there, and the land was established by a descendant, and it wasn't Menelik. It's a whole big thing that they play games with people. When he went to Jamaica, for instance, he didn't even he didn't respect the Rastafarians. He was very disrespectful. Other side, he did not acknowledge their presence at all. He visited the temple because he was forced to. But he didn't respect them. In Ethiopia, he was overthrowing the country. He brought Christianity into Ethiopia. The man who ruled Ethiopia before him was a Muslim. But he was not a Muslim. They say Muslim, and they try to make it sound like he was an Arab Muslim. He was not. He was a Sudanese Muslim who believed in the Torah and lived like we do as Islamic Hebrews. But they, they eliminated him to put Hala Selassie in so that they could bring Christianity in. And I'll tell you why. Because they're trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. This is what they want to get their hands on. They've made a movie about it. Raiders of the Lost Ark because they know the power of the cherubim that El Elo Yahweh channels. He controls both Elohims. The Elohims that are good and the Elohims that are bad, which they don't say good and bad in Hebrew. We use the word tov and ra, which is agreeable and disagreeable. Those disagreeable and agreeable Elohims. And the disagreeable ones are the ones that have the wings symbolic. Right? They protect the Ark of the Covenant that we as Ben Israel. When he say Ben Israel, you're including Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites, Muslims may think they're in another religion, but they're nothing but a 5% branch off from Israel. We are Ishmaelites. We are Midianites. We are just, we are Jacob's sons. But Esau is also us, so the Edomites are us. But they laid their mountains to waste because they maliciously went out and married Hittites. Maliciously, Yitzhak or Esau went out to marry Hittite women to get even because he lost the blessing. There's no such word as birthright in the Torah. It's not in there. The word is blessing, the word is buroka, and it means the blessing. And that blessing was money. This is what the problem was. It wasn't about nothing spiritual. It was about money. And when Jacob got the money, Yitzhak was mad and went back to his father and said, could you give me a little money? <laughs> That's the Hebrew understanding from Aramic. But in the Christian Bible, you're going to get lost because they don't know what they're talking about. Yes, Lord. That's, that's why we came here. Yes. We came here because I want to get together with you and put out some stuff to a lot of the Rastafarians because I, I bear witness to your doctrine and anxiety. So it wasn't a matter of we're trying to fight off your doctrine. Trying to work together. But trying to hook up because... Um, some of the same things you're talking about now about Ethiopia, about the sun, and, and even etymology. The nine ether. Yeah, nine ether, the number nine also. We've been saying for a long time. The Wapo. You know about the Wapo and all those? Yeah, yeah. Those are the ancient science. I heard a tape about the um, Beni Elohim. Uh, um, the Elohim. You are, you are Elohim. Believe it. Mm -hmm. And the Elohim that sits here are both good and 
bad or simply agreeable and disagreeable. That's us. You know what I'm saying? And he is L. L is the Elohim is the plural of it. You see that? L, Elohim. You are. That's why Yeshua said, is it not written in your law? I, he was sent, but notice he said, is it not written in your law? Because he was taking them back to Tiflin. The Tiflin is called, which we refer to as the Psalms. The Psalms. And what they would do, let me just want to finish, they would sing a song. The whole congregation would sing. And this will also address this young lady's question. They would sing the song of praise, and at the end of the song, they would say, Salat. They thought that's true, but they say Salat. Salat in Hebrew is said Sali. Sad, Lam, Lamet, and Hay. That's the Sali you see. That's like in Muslim saying, coming to Salat. Salat, Sad, Lam, Alif, Tamabuta in Hebrew is Sad. <laughs> you follow that? Lamet, and Hay. You ever notice that at the end of certain prayers, it says Sali, which meant now it's time to get up to pray. And when they got up and prayed, they raised their hand towards the sky. You can see this amongst the Falashians today, Havashia. Raise your hands toward the sky like you'll find on the walls in Mithraim, in Egypt. We raise our hands. What we did in ancient Egypt and what we did in Ethiopia and what we did in Sudan was the same. We didn't start looking down at fire until we got infiltrated by pale arrows. And they taught us to stop looking towards rock and start looking down at the ground. Everything... Listen to this. Everything that you know of that is healthy grows this way. Grows towards the sun. Not this way. You understand what I'm saying? So they, this was a major, a major plot to remove one spell, Christianity, and reinstill another spell, Islamic. And it wasn't the real Muslim teachers. Because the real Muslim teachers, they held their hands up. Somewhere along the line, people got in and they institutionalized Salah. And I said, let's go back to the Quran for what it's worth, El's Quran, and look and see in it what he says. And eliminate all the things that we're doing that he does not say. And when you do that, you eliminate looking down because it's not in there. There's no place in the Quran where it says, put your hands on your heart and put your face down. My descendants did it, and they passed it on to me. And in your birth, you, it was passed on to you. You follow that? So that was step one. Right? Now we're moving on further to no longer worshiping, but becoming that which was worshipped. I'll put it clearer. And I'm not saying L. Don't fool yourself unless you can create a gnat. Right? And if you get, if you get to that level, I'm just saying, we, but we have to become who we really are. And that makes us responsible for the universe because that's what we were created to be, caretakers. Do you hear me? And somewhere along the line, something got removed from us. It got removed in Genesis. If you look at the fourth chapter and the 26th verse, you'll see where it says, And the Almighty gave Adam and Eve another son to replace the other one, like and in the image and after the likeness of Adam. This son, Seth, was not in the image and after the likeness of Elohim, the angelic beings responsible for the replenishing an earth. Read it again. There's in the image and after the likeness of Adam. What state was Adam in in the fourth chapter, which is after the third chapter? Was he in a positive state or had he sinned? You see that? So Seth's seed, meaning most of you, right, were descendants from, like Adam, who had sinned. Now I talk 
simple, plain common sense. When you take a little baby, I don't care whether it's black, white, or purple, do you have to teach that baby evil, or do they naturally take from other kids? Are they naturally possessors? You follow that? Do you realize that when your baby is hugging you and mooring on your hand, and you're fascinated that what the baby's really trying to do is eat you? <laughs> do you know that? You think that when your baby's mooring on your hand, that's cute. Your baby is really trying to eat you. It doesn't know that you're not food. A baby will reject you, and you can say, here's a cookie, and a baby will come. That's a certain part of our nature. That same nature that got, took us to the tree. Adam's seed was not good. Howard's seed was good. You follow that? Adam's name, originally, Adam's name. Not Adam. Adam's name. Because it said, and call their name Adama. The word Adama means of the dust of the ground. But in that same Torah, they give you the name of Adam and Eve when they say male and female created he them and called their names Adam. Now what is the name then? When they use the word male, the same thing happens in El's Quran. They say, Zakar wa Antar. We created you male and female. Zakar wa Antar. However, the word Zakar, Zakara, has nothing to do with being a male or female or gender. It has to do with the word to remember, zikr. You follow that? In the Torah, it says, male and female created he, them, and called their names Adam. Zakar wa Nakibu was their names. When you trace the Nakibu back to ancient Aramic, it means leadership and out front in power. And Nakibu was the female, not the male. Then, Zachar was Adam's name. Adam doesn't mean that's his name. Adam means of the ground, an earth being, as opposed to a Elohim being. There was Elohim of heaven and Elohims on earth, physical ones and spiritual ones. If you want to see it, again, in the book of Malachi, right in the fourth chapter of it, they call them the Almighty God. Before all, they say God leads. And if you trip back to your Aramis, you see they have in there Elohim al Bashar. Right? Elohim in the flesh. Now, so you had Adam seed, who's an Elohim, and you have Nakibu, who you call Hawa. And the reason why they call her Hawa or Haya, because it meant wind. You follow that? It meant the breath, the Nachas, that breathed into a person. And the reason why they say that woman comes out of man is because man decides the gender of the child. Whether it's an XY chromosome, not that somebody snap nobody's rib, rip their chest open, that's not what's in there. You're talking about a replenishing of the world, not a creation of the world. Adam and Eve were not the first people on the planet for us. You understand that? I'll give you some simple reasons why. One is, we, we use a basic biblical concept. We have Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve. Is that the basic Christian concept? How many people was that? Four people. Cain kills Abel. He eliminates one of the people. How many people are left? Who 
who are these people? Right? Adam, Eve, and Cain. Three people, right? Now, when the Almighty addresses Cain concerning the killing of his brother, Cain cried that his penalty is greater than he could bear, right? And then he said he put a mark on him, right? A birthmark. Exactly what it is. A birthmark on him. That what? What was what was Cain afraid of? Tell me. Anybody what? Cain was afraid that if anybody finding him will kill him. Could you tell me who was going to find him if there's only three people on the planet? Who was he afraid of if there was nobody else on the planet but him, his mother and father? It wasn't his father he was worrying about. It wasn't his mother he was worried about. There must have been other people on the planet that he was worried about that would kill him. And when he left that land and went into the land of Nud, Nod, he encountered other people. There, it was already there, Nephilians. Then again they say that a man should leave his mother and his father and cling unto his wife and they should become one flesh. Correct? If these are the first people on the planet, who was that law for before it was said to them? It didn't say you are to leave your mother and father. It said a man as if the law was already set. A man is to leave his mother and leave his father and cling unto his wife and there to become one flesh. If that law was set, who was it set for if there was nobody there? And nobody else got married. You follow? And why is the word refill or replenish? Because in Hebrew or Aramic, the word is bara. They don't use the word halakha. Yes, there is a Hebrew word, halakha, meaning creation, and it talks about the original creation that took place billions of years ago. But Adam and Eve, 49,000 years ago, was a recreation, a barra. And look it up in Hebrew. You see right there, barra. And that means to remake, to remodel, or to rebuild, not to create. We will continue following this brief intermission. Have you ever wondered why so many Nubians or black people seem to aid the devil in destroying us? Have you ever wondered why they sell the drugs and they pull the trickers? And the black cops may beat you worse than a white cop. And the black leader maid will chase you down while the white leader maid may let you go. Or the minister would lie and say anything. Have you ever wondered why this is so easy to them? Then you must read a book called Are There Black Devils? For in the midst of us, living with us, marrying us, teaching us, preaching to us, are black devils who were here before the creation, the gravitation of the pale devil. Read the book, Are There Black Devils? A must for anyone who wants to know the truth. It's available at your nearest Tents of Abraham. To order, write to the Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302.
The breastplate of the Kohen priest. This was a sacred plate that can be found in the book of Exodus. Read about the breastplate in Revelation chapter 21, verses 18 through 20. Read where the priest wore the breastplate. This is not merely a piece of jewelry or an ornament. This is a sacred relic. Read in Exodus chapter 28, verse 15. For you are the original priest of the ancient house of Israel. Wear your breastplate. It's a talisman against evil. In 14 karat gold, for male, $475. Female, $275. To order, write to the Tents of Abraham, Post Office Box, 50547, Atlanta, Georgia, 30302. Now we will continue with Rabboni Yeshua Bar al-Hadi on Mount Zion. And what was taking place then? The planet had got so corrupted amongst the Elohims. And when you look up Elohims or heavenly host, you see that they say heavenly host for Elohim, for angelic beings. You follow that? So if the Elohim were beings who came to this planet from somewhere else, I'm saying somewhere else so I don't get distracted by UFO conversation, <laughs> right, came to this planet from somewhere else, and they lived on this planet, and they called them giants. It's, in, it's right in the Bible. Giants were in the earth in those days, right? And Adam and Eve encountered living and dealing with these beings. These people must have had laws. Adam or Eve, one of them had to be living by those laws. To know the Lord. Who was he talking to? Adam or Eve, when he spoke about that. A man, the Lord is that a man should talk to Adam. You'd like to believe that Adam was a good person. Adam was seven feet because he was a Nephilim and an Achite. His family had mixed in. They were part of the people called Path. Path are the original people of the planet Earth Pygmies. Two people existed at the time that you identified. One lived over near the two rivers called Nile, or Nile, and others lived over near the two rivers called Tigris and Euphrates. You understand? And both of these rivers were fed from the Mediterranean. The only difference is when you look at the map today, you have a problem. You're trying to figure out how the water ran down the Nile this way and up the Euphrates this way. Correct? It ran through Greece and down through Babylon. How? Because it was before the planet was tilted off its axis. See, your planet has now been tilted on a 23-degree axis. So where Tigris would have been here, and then now it would have ran there, down above, beneath the Mediterranean, now it's sitting like this, so it looks like it's impossible. So when you go to a map, you can't see those four rivers that's flowing down, and you get confused. But if you go back to before the planet got shifted off its axis, you'll see how the 
You follow? So this part is on the eastern end of the garden, obviously. And where would that be at? That's in the Persian Gulf. That's in an area called Or, which means flames in Aramaic or Hebrew. Or means flames. The city of Nod was in the midst of the flames. And what is flames called? What do you know flames as? As hell. You understand? Flames is hell. And there is where the giants, the wicked beings, live. And it's said in, when you get to Barashat in the sixth chapter, that the sons of God, the first one, those are not positive Elohim. Those are negative Elohim, disagreeable. They took the daughters of men. You see the difference? The second time it says they went in unto. But the first time it says they took. That means they left the Euphrates area and went over into Egypt, where we lived at, the pygmies. You follow that? We, were, that's, we didn't stand over four feet at the time. And the giants who came down stood over seven feet. The normal height of a man, whether you like it or not, is five foot six inches. I'm not five foot six, so that's the only thing I'm saying because it's me. It's a perfect balance between the Elohim on that side and the Elohim on that side because we created him in our image. And if they're seven feet and they're four feet, the middle image would be five, six. You follow? So now these wicked beings left their land and went over into Egypt called Mithraim. Today called Gen back then Garden, and took women from all that they chose. You follow that? And that family that they chose that ended up on their side is where Adam, who was a descendant from the original people, that's why when you see the picture of Adam, he has wavy hair. He doesn't have nine Esau. He has eight Esau. There's nine, eight, seven, and six Esau in our hair. Another question that comes up. How did Nepebo or Eve become light-skinned? That's because you want to convince yourself because you're dark-skinned that the first people were dark-skinned. It's very convenient. But genetically, that's just not true because two dark-skinned people can give birth to a brown-skinned person. It'll stay within a certain color range from Latino all the way down. When you get to the point where the skin is ghost-like, it's non-ether, it's ghost-like, it's transparent, then you've bred out of the Ethiopian people, the non-ether. Adam's family were Pathites. Of, of, that's the same path you read about in ancient Egypt, right, who influenced Amun-Ra mixed in, was kidnapped, taken over there to live in that land. Thus, Abraham's family is born out of all Chaldea, not being born in Ethiopia where they belonged. And Adam himself was a mixture. He was a giant. He was seven feet tall to the original Pathites of ancient Egypt. You understand? So he was influenced by good or bad. Or what should we say, agreeable or... He was influenced by a disagreeable people. Did... Did Nahas? Nahas is a Torah word for the whisperer. There's no word serpent in there. It's Nahas. One of his names is Fabun. That's one of his ancient names. It means a snake. His real name is Samuel. Samuel, that was his name. But who did he go to? Huh? He went to Eve. He did not go to Adam. 
Why didn't the devil go to Adam? Oh, he's already there. <laughs> he knew Adam. He knew Adam. <laughs> <laughs> what? Shouldn't it have been that he should have went to Adam and let Adam influence Eve as opposed to going to Eve and letting Eve know? Because Eve was of the original pathites of ancient Ethiopia and was good. Adam's family had been living over at the Euphrates and had become influenced by evil. So the whole purpose of the breeding, or as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad spoke about, the graftation and the black and the brown seed, which is how and Adam, <laughs> was to breed the evil out of us and make us back into the image of the Elohim so you'd have contact like you used to directly with the universe the dog star. You heard the dog star before? What is it called? Osiris. What is it called in Mitraim? Anubis. The jackal, the dog. The god of death. The god of life. That's our representation of black jackal to them. The worship Amorite, when he's worshiping God, and God, like I said before many times, in dyslexia, his dog, he's talking about the God, Anubis, of ancient Egypt, which represented us. Do you understand? Not the jackal of the cave that he encountered when he had to go into the cave when the last sun cycle came through and the moon cycle went out. He was asking, why did Canaan go up into the cave? Because the sun cycle came in, and the people of Nuwapu, the sun people come to power. And the night people, and let me give you some names for it. Dracula. When you look in the New Testament, as it's called, in their Greek translations, the word for serpent is drag with a K, eon. Drag eon. And they say dragon. The name Dracula is from a German origin, and it's Drachion. <laughs> Dracula is a symbol of a being that cannot stay under the sun. He roams by night, and he needs fresh blood because he is a hemophiliac. A hemophiliac is a being that lacks hemoglobin in the blood and does not have the power to produce clotting factors. You with me? Dracula wears a long black cloak, symbol of the night. Dracula has to go into a sarcophagus or a sepulcher or a coffin in modern day. In ancient times, there were no coffins. People were put inside caves. And he has to have the natural soil under it. You follow that? So they unite in Europe. And they build underground tunnels in Europe. Does anybody know about all the underground tunnels that's being built in Europe? Dracula is aware that the sun cycle is coming in, so evening and morning is passing for a seventh day. Meaning, we had the 6,000 years. And let's read it the way you see it. We had a 6,000-year period, correct? Now, after 6,000 comes in, 
So if his time is up in the year 2000, which is the year 6000 from canon, that ends another day. And how does the scripture usually say? Evening and morning was the... Now let's go into the seventh day, because everybody desisted on the last seventh day. <coughs> and they called it Shabbat. Right? Now we're coming into the seventh day. A new horizon. The sun is getting closer to the planet. Dracula has to get back in his coffin. <laughs> or the sun will burn him up. It's just called, in modern day, skin cancer. <laughs> Nubian people, stop wrestling with the devil. You already have the blessing. All you have to do is wait. All you have to do is be a suburb. <laughs> Patient. <laughs> Nubians aren't responding and not realizing that the end of the world is near. With all the doctrine that's coming out and all the different things that you're doing little by little, you know, you're having an effect on the people in a big way. And saying, and you just got to be ready for it. Unfortunately, a lot of Nubians are not into computers like we are. And um, they don't even know about the Hellbox. They don't even know, you don't know about the Hellbox, right? Comics. Right? A lot of you don't know about the Hellbox comics yet. That's why I got, what I did is I got a copy of the tape so they can hear the analyze tell them about a craft like life, life entity that ha seems like it's alive, yet not alive, that's four times the size of Earth that they just discovered. And NASA has confirmed it, that it's there. And that's the meteorite that came into existence two years ago called Hellbox. And that's on the tape from there called Hellbox. And they're actually talking about this this new craft thing, and they tell you it's coming towards us, and it's intelligently controlled, and it's coming to get a group of people. And they say on the tape that these group of people that they're coming to get are people that are involved in, in an advanced study. And, 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 no, they literally say it on the tape, and say they're out to teach people. Did anybody hear any of it yet? Y'all picked it up, right? Dropping the car on the way back home. And listen to it. In the end of it, the guy says, uh, in the beginning of it, in fact, he says, um, uh, I'd like to thank um, Dr. So-and-so, something Malachi. That's not me now, right? If somebody uses the name Malachi. Most of them don't pronounce the name Malachi. They pronounce the name Malachi. Right? So it's a slip of tongue. And when they say Malachi, that means they, they're letting us know where it's all But they cannot deny. And we have the, we went into the computer and um, internet, and they showed us the comet. They had pictures of the comet in there, and um, it's good to know it's there. They noticed, they noticed the Nibiru, and they literally say on the tape, uh, Zachariah Sitchin refers to this as Nibiru. Next um, came into us was, um, I tried to fax it to as many people as I can. I don't know if you got the skull. Right? Y'all get the skull? The skull of a denacle, the twice the chromium twice the size. And right after that, about two days later, they sent us the skull of a hero, a cone. Because everybody, when we said the cone is the real, people thought we were chopping off Saturday Night Live. Of course, they don't know that everything the Amorite does, he, he puts the intelligence in front of you so he won't believe it. But they got actual skulls. And we're getting more information coming constantly because now that people know through the internet that we're the source of this information, they feel free sending us stuff. Amorites, everybody, I got clippings. I got like 10 stories on how Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene, 
you know, somebody had, y'all read that one? I had children. I was kids still moved, you know, was protected by the, you know, whom, etc. All these stories are coming out. They had a whole thing on television the other night on um, Discovery or one of them, where they talk about, you know, the, you know, the um, graves of, of skulls, the graves of skulls under Old Jerusalem. Well, they have a place called the Grave of Skulls under Old Jerusalem, for those who don't know, where they have all the skeletons of all the uh, popes and all of that. And this is, that's that place where they say that um, Freemasons go when they reach a certain degree. Believe me, I know. And they go to Jerusalem and they go to leave Old Jerusalem and they see the body of Jesus. And uh, they've taken the body of Muhammad out of the 18th century out of Medina. That's when they rebuilt Medina. The mosque in the north, and they, when they did that there, what actually happened is the shriners took the body of Muhammad out of that, which they had preserved, and his body is also in the, under there, and, and only uh, people of a certain degree of Freemasonry are allowed to see it. It's a confirmation. Actually, they're not looking at Jesus' body. They're looking at Bar Jesus' body. Because in there also, in a the, in the higher degree, they tell you that Jesus went to Egypt, and he died there at 120. But Jesus' son, why he was the one that was killed in the streets of Jerusalem, body transferred to the Vatican in Rome, where they simulated the crucifixion of him there, kept his body there for a certain amount of years, and then the Knights of Templar went there and got it and bought it and put it in there. They have a special chamber where they keep things sacred. They also, I don't know if some of y'all remember years ago, I said, under the sink, there's some documents. Years ago, I told y'all about that. They're trying to get up under the sink to get to these documents they found out think is the symbol was a symbol of in the in the astrological chart of the ancient egyptians you know as the uh the era of leo the lion that's what it's supposed to symbolize and has something to do with the mars project and the act what they refer to as the adama project this is that one atom right and so they are unmasking because we should never say they discovered anything they don't discover they uncover they uncover things that we bury right so a new word just a new one for you right <laughs> they don't discover anything anyway they're starting to uncover a lot of the things that's going to confirm everything that you have put trust in me in is going to become confirmed for you in front of your own eyes and not that you need it i know some of y'all would follow me here that day and i appreciate that Right? But I'm just saying, it is good for those who come to your class with the skeptic. And I didn't say skeptic, I said skeptic. They come skipping around <laughs> looking for some type of evidence to what appears to be a science fiction movie when you start kicking the doctrine on them. I know deep in your heart, as much as you may have loved me and I you, when you had to go out and teach what I was teaching you, it was difficult. He said, oh, God, really from another planet. And he had 19 spirits talking to him. And, and you know, never mind, we'll pick this up later. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about something that appears more sensible. But the confirmation of who and what I am is confirming itself. And that's the best I can ask for from my brother, beyond the stars, because they give me just a little help. Because to come here, you know, to incarnate into this individual's body and try to convey this message to people that have been so televisioned, so subliminally sedated. I mean, that they removed the essence of the nine from you and implanted the six. 
the lower side of the circle. It's such a hard job just to get you to not listen to the wrong music. You think you're saying something cool when you say, I like um, such and such a music. You don't understand nothing about music. So you all are familiar with the 800 megahertz frequency that is coming through the air now. You're familiar with that. You do? You do? No, you're not. Okay, well, I thought I talked about it. But you know that each one of the human beings have in their brain, they're called magnetic particles. That's the best term that they can come up with them. One day, of course, I'll give you the real name, but let's let them play with it for a while. Magnetic particles. You have nine magnetic particles in your brain. All right? These magnetic particles can be affected by wavelengths, by frequencies, higher and lower. Now, the cellular phones are all set at 800 megahertz. And that brain of yours was 900 megahertz. You follow that? And it dropped down. When Honorable Lagamama was speaking about the brain capacity of an amulet being less than that of a newbie, they were talking about that frequency response, your ability to respond to sound. All right? Of course, as you know, microwave also is moving on a sound. I, I think I explained that a couple of years ago, how microwaves cook food by sound, which means that they're able to cue in and deaden some of those magnetic particles. A lot of Nubians, instead of walking around in nine ether, and that nine ether is beyond the hair, come out in the nine ether state of activated nine magnetic particles, they have dropped down to four, three, two, and when you see a brother who's totally delirious, unable to coagulate words, he is about down to one, and some just go vegetate out. And what they have to do is they give you all types of drugs so that it drops your body down to what's referred to as an alpha wavelength, which is one step from dead. And that way you stay what they refer to as monotone. Monotheos. Monotone. Mono. They keep you dead. Right? And so they are now capable of sending these frequencies out. They are putting these stations along the road. I know as y'all cross the country, if you look up, you see this thing on a tall pole, and it's shaped like a tetrahedron, and it has little things on all four, three sides. Just look for them, and, and you'll see them. Well, right now the government has 24 different satellites aligned to the planet, around the planet. All right? And he has 24,000 of these receivers and senders situated across the country. He is able to tune in to your radio via frequency. It's called frequency response. This unit that I picked up, that I, that I bought here, and clicked on is a unit that's making it possible for everybody on Kadesh to turn to a certain station on the radio and they can hear me talking without any wire. Which means I'm sending controlled frequencies to the air. You follow that? Once I understand, once I understand the human and that his brain waves are between 900 and 700, you follow? Seven and a half ounce of brain, you know that? 900 and 700 on megahertz, I can send out certain types of frequencies. I can also lock these frequencies into music because 
When they started doing it, they did it in a place called uh, Wackenhut Naval Base. Just an investigation to find out that's where they started at. And the reason why they refer to it as the Harp Project, if you heard of that, out of Alaska, is because a harp, of course, is an instrument. And they know that by strumming a harp, you can get different response. Years ago, a lot of people used to come to me and ask me, how do they line their body up? And I would tell them, what they had to do is go to a keyboard and um, take middle C and find the two eighths of octaves. Find the octave between middle C from one to the next. Of course, you know, it's eight notes. And I said, you go up and down the keyboard until you find that note that soothes your body. And then you'll know what key you're vibrating on. You know what vibration works with your body. The uh, Buddha or the Tibetans, they know about this. And so they have learned how to make their throat make three sounds simultaneously. And they chant like that. Constantly. And they got this going on right now while we're sitting here. Meanwhile, the practitioners of the faith start off. And they're on another frequency while the priests are pulling. The sound is a strange thing. If Deke is making a certain sound and I do another sound, I have step up or a whole step up and I do a, or let's say he does a one and I do a three and he does a five, we create what's called harmony. You follow that? As you know, none of the groups are singing in harmony no more. They have this new kind of harmony called unitary in harmony. They think they're singing in harmony because two or three of them are singing the same note and it's partially unison, unison in part harmony and none of the kids have it no more because they had to stop that because that vibrates three bones up here in the sinus that connect to the tetrahedron that the nose creates which opens the eye of the seer, the third eye. They know what frequencies we move on. They know our emotional state. They click them on and off at different times. For instance, Sunday morning, they have it on a very low frequency and people feel it's Sunday. Even when they're not Christian. They have it where, well, it's Sunday, it's kind of calm. When it comes to about 8 o'clock Sunday, they start to speed up the, 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 the oscillation, right? And I'm going to get the oscillators in a minute. Speed up the oscillation valve inside the frequency. You get the response, and it's higher pitch, and people become more hyper. And Sunday, people start speeding faster because they're trying to get them prepared for Monday. What has happened is they know that our body moves on a different frequency respond differently than theirs does. Obviously, because most Caucasian singers sing in high natural voices. Most Nubian singers sing in low voices. Or they were forced to emulate the Amorite and use what's referred to as a falsetto or a placement, but not a natural high voice. 
very few Nubian singers have a natural high voice, unless they go out their way to, like Field or a couple of other who want to be Amorites, go out their way to sound like Amorites. They're already programmed. They've already got inside his head when he had that accident. And altered his frequency. They've been also altered his frequency response. Let me tell you what I mean by that so you can better understand. Um, years ago, I tried to teach this, but people wasn't as ready then as they are now. Simple, not uncomplicated. It's the period of time that music took to change. From the time you came in from Africa, when everything was based on drums and chants, right? And you had a kalimba, you follow that? And you had a marimba, and then as it moves into the Latino world, and you had the kunda, and et cetera, et cetera, you know the, the instruments I'm talking about that apply to us as a people. All right, now, eventually, our music went into blues. Of course, blues was a result of the fact that the Amorite gave us the blues. He took everything from us, beat us up, robbed us, raped us, castrated us, and we became quite depressed. As a result, our music, which is our emotion, became depressed. In due time, that blues changed into rock and roll for people who had cars, <laughs> and R&B for those who didn't. The reason why they called it rock and roll is because little Caucasian kids with combs in their back pocket and grease in their hair and bucks on used to drive around with their car radios on and rock while they rolled. Most Nubians couldn't afford a car, so ours was based on rhythm and blues. All of it was done standing one place dancing. And the blues was mixed in depression, now with rhythm, and we called it up-tempo. Beat up the tempo a little bit. And there we got rhythm and blues. All right, I'm right, of course, want to do rhythm and blues the same way a lot of Negroes want to try to do heavy metal and rock. It won't work. Hootie and the Blowfish, it won't work long. He was just put out there to destroy the fact that they had no Caucasians that came up with any good hits this year, and they needed a Negro who's a Caucasian to take all the awards, that's all. All right, so as that happened, he started squeezing us, namely the men, to get us to start singing in high voices come, commence around the 60s. And that produced Delphonics, Blue Magic, Stylistics, Black Ivory, Shy Light, Men some more Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Temptations had, but they had uh, Mel going. A lot of the hit records were based on um, Alim is his real name. Eddie Kendrick was his um, other name. Right? And he was a false setup. This was done intentionally to get us to love high-pitched sound. You follow? Because that's the only way we can get a hit record, is to sing the way they want. And so Blue Magic and everybody, we all screaming our voices out, trying to sound like white people, with white men sing naturally in a high voice, you know, which is self-explanatory. Right? But um, they managed to control our minds then. While we were in these clubs, you know, clubs are used for one thing, gathering people or hitting people in the head with, and when you went to a club, both things would happen to you. They were gathering you and clubbing you in the head, right? Okay. So we were gathering these clubs, and this was before disco creeped in, and we started dancing. The best thing we could go back to was our Latin roots. You follow that? So we grabbed the Latin, and we started going to the Palladium, and dancing to the Allegro All-Stars, and uh, to the Pacheco, and we was in it. And he saw that the Latin population was becoming one with the Negro population. And that really frightened him. And we realized that we're the same family. 
So he tried to split us. But as a split occurred, instead of us going totally away, we started hustling. You know what hustle means, right? Moving fast, jumping around that clown. So we started hustling. And then what he did is he staged an invasion of America by a group called Debo. And they came in with a sound, Trans Europe Express. Had no body language, the group stood there in plastic hats and black eyes and no motion, and just was saying over and over again, Trans Europe Express, that's all he said. Trans Europe Express. And we were thinking, 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 thinking. And everybody was looking at them. What they were doing is they were introducing the Moog synthesizer. One of the first, first synthesizers to come in and take out analog sound to bring in digital, to take out acoustic sound and bring in the synthetic instrument. By acoustic sound, I mean when you see a person pick up a guitar with natural strings, not even the metal strings even, the catgut strings, with a wood body, and they're playing that sound with no metal and no wires and no amplification, that's uh, acoustic. When you see a guy pick up a guitar that's all plastic and stick a wire and go, that's the first stages of digital, though a lot of times the original amplifiers were still analog. Analog means work by two, Tesla's baby. All right, digital crossed out. All right, so they brought in this group called Devo, and they came in to remove the soul. We moved gradually out the hustle into what was called the bus stop. It was a form of destroying us. Amorites took the hustle because what happened is the gay population liked the hustle because it had a lot of body flair to it. It was very much like voguing. Everything was spinning and throwing their hands up. So this was a, a way for a guy to get his sugar out of his shoes without the public. Right? He could consider himself a good hustler. Right? And then from that, he could move over and become a good disco dancer. So the guys that you knew that were very good dancers in the discotheque were usually in, had a little sugar in their shoes. And they had it working, they had it working together. They knew what they were doing. All right? And then after they did that, they started slowly and surely introducing their music to our children. Now, how they do that? They remove all of the real instruments. 99% of the music that you hear on the radio or record or tape or CD today is synthetic. The, the violins are fake. The bass is fake. The drums are fake. It's all in drum machines. No more human element. Without the human element, there's really no emotion. And I don't care whether they tell you, no, when I sample, I put my emotions in it. You put your emotions in the first three licks, and then when you push that continuation button and it goes on by itself, there's no more emotion regardless of what you say. You follow? This is all part of the plan for mind control. The Hoff project relates to the Rainbow project because where there's sound, there's light. And when sound vibrates, different frequencies give off different colors of light. When you look up and see a rainbow, and you see the seven colors of the rainbow, if, you would, if they could tap a wire into the violet, you'd get a certain frequency that would give you a certain tone. They knew that. I'm saying that to say, they knew that they had to destroy the root of nine ether, not the hair. They had to get down beneath the hair. The hair grows out of the root. And that's connected to the protein in the body. 
that's the, the essence of you. They had to get down inside to destroy that before they could destroy the God in you and turn you from a man to a beast. Which they have, in most cases, if you look at the media today, succeeded in doing. People have transformed into beasts. You are afraid when you walk through them all. And you are the newbies. And you're afraid of your own people. Yes, because that's how dangerous they are scared to be. Don't tell me that any place you go, if you come across a bunch of movies, you're never afraid. Even if you're afraid for what you might have to do to one of them niggas, it's still fair. Because you don't feel like having to hurt nobody, and you definitely don't want to get hurt. But they have done something. There's definitely a transformation that's taken place. So what happened is they eased into the recording studios and made something that was exclusively controlled by record companies a public fad. Get your own recording studio, your own drum machine, your own everything, put in your basement, and do your own mixing and sound to make your own record. They eliminated all of the acoustics, pianos. They even made what they referred to as an electric acoustic piano by Yamaha. And I said it as Yamaha and not Yamaha because the Arabs are also a part of it. And if you look at the Leviathan, cover, you'll see I have arrows on there too, because they have been working with the devil way back, and I put in the Leviathan book where you see each one of the Saudi Arabian kings sitting with a different president. This has not been one sympathizer, this goes all the way back to the Sultan himself, who you can find in the first page of the cover of Noble Ali's book, and made reference to several times in the Nation of Islam teaching. They also, I might add, make the mistake for that new information of giving Muhammad two identities in the nation of Islam people. One Muhammad in the message of the black man is referred to as a black Arab. They say he was of the black Arab nation, right in the message of the black man. Another set of teachings say, says that Muhammad was a Caucasian and that the wise men came together and told him how he could not convert his people and he died as a result of a broken heart. That is two different Muhammads. One is Muhammad the conqueror of Palestine, which is clear in the lesson when it says that the devil helped us take Palestine. The prophet Muhammad of 1400 years ago, the black Arab, had nothing to do with Palestine, ever. He never had any dealings with Caucasians in his whole life. There's no place ever recorded of Rasulullah Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam, ever having anything to do with Caucasians. They mention him in the Quran under the term Rome, a surah named Rome. But that's it. They mention it in Surah Taha as on the, uh, I think it was 2102, on the day the trumpet is blown, we shall gather together the guilty blue-eyed. Now, of course, the Arabs, in their latest translation out of Saudi Arabia, which I have, the latest Quran has blue-eyed. Before it was Blair, Blairy, Zurkan means blue. Zurkan, everybody knows means blue. But that's the fact, we don't care. The point is that, to set that record straight, Honorable Elijah Muhammad was not making uh, a mistake in reference to Muhammad being white in one place and black in the next. No, contrary. It was two different Muhammads. Muhammad the conqueror 
where the one is talking about in the one that's 14 in the class. That's not what Sulaullah they're talking about, of taking devil's heads. Prophet Muhammad never killed an Amorite in his life because he never came in contact with Amorites. However, Muhammad the Conqueror called the great Prophet Muhammad by the Europeans. He did kill Amorites. And he was brokenhearted insofar as Salahuddin, defender of the faith, went into the courts of King Richard, revived him, lived with him when he was wounded. Remember, he almost struck down with a lance, brought him back to life and could not convert him. And wasn't able to convert the invading Christians who came to Jerusalem. The Muslims there could not convert those Christians because they did not realize they were dealing with the rose and the cross. A certain degree of Knights of Temple and Freemasonry who know more than Islam. And so he was brokenhearted for that. You got that part of the chapter? All right? So now, getting back to the situation at hand. So here in the world of North America, we were now in these clubs getting banged upside the head with this new music that had only a bottom and a top called disco. We broke away from it, and in came sympathetic instruments, and they rushed into the population access to all types of machines, drum machines, keyboards, keyboards that play by themselves, pre-coded keyboards, just push the button and the music play, you know, everything to keep you on a synthetic wavelength. Why? To get back to the point, to try to damage the nine magnetic particles in the brain. You are King Kong in this story. You want the story? King Kong is a giant gorilla with supernatural strength. He was a god while he was in Africa. The reason why they call him King Kong is because Congo is Central Africa. And he's implying everybody in Africa, the Congo. The king is under the spell. In his homeland in Africa, he's worshipped by his own people. Every night, he would come to their town or their village, where he and he had a big fence built up against him, wouldn't he? And he would, they would have offerings of young virgins for him. And he would come to the town, and they'd put the virgins up there, and that would appease them, and he would go about his business. And they lived like that. It was all right. Everybody was happy. Some Canaanites came along, stumbled into their village, and it came evening, and they had to start running and closing the gates, if you remember. Remember that? And they got scared. They said, what's going on? They said, close the gates. Babumba, Kong was coming. They was doing like Babumba, you know, stuff that they play. And in time, there were these large, boom, boom, steps. And they saw King Kong. The first thing that came to their mind is how to get King Kong back to America on stage so they can make the money out of it. So what they did is they lured him with a white woman. Because he was used to that. So the Africans said, if we give him her, he might not want to come back at all. See the blame for us? So King Kong kidnaps the white woman, runs off into the woods, thus starts the episode of the Hammerites going throughout Africa to get the king. The giant. And bring them to America. Eventually, they sedate King Kong 
while he is trying to have a sexual relationship with this white woman. And they inject him, sedate him, tie him down, put him on a ship, and bail him to the passage over to America. When he gets to America, they present him before the public, chained down, and all these Amorites, they're in a party having a good time. That's you. Chained down mentally while the Amorites have a good time. He'll let you in the party, but you're going to be the clown, nigga. So moving on, it was about the music they won the case. All right, let's get back to where we were at. So what they did is they removed those instruments that vibrate without chemistry. And now every Negro got some synthetic instrument in his basement. He's pushing little Casios and Panasonics and all fake. All removing the essence. Back to the point. The rainbow project, which is sending out these wavelengths that is called mind control, started back there with who? Rainbow project. Who's rainbow? Phoenix rainbow. Phoenix rainbow. Now, Phoenix rainbow. Test who's a part of what? Phoenix. Rainbow. Bellic. Remember? Time machine, Philadelphia experiment? Well, the Philadelphia experiment was initially intended for the sole purpose of creating invisibility for radar, which they already had called the stone. You understand? When they got into it, the mathematicians who got involved in it found out that also they can interfere with the brain because of what they refer to as zero time reference. That if all five or six of y'all went through a time loop here, when you came back, Abdul Bike would be affected one way, you'd be affected another, she another, she another, and him another. They found that out. They realized that time has something to do with now. That time in the future has already happened, and time in the past is still happening. I think I told you all about that years ago. I said, if a person's adrenaline is a high point when they die, it will stamp in now. And they will reiterate that incident. And this is why people sometimes think they're driving along and they see a ghost run across the road. And they've calibrated that if they come back to that same spot every year, or sometimes every 10 years, depending on how it aligns, that that same thing will happen over and over again. A lot of hauntings, as they call them, they make clear that this is a haunted house. What happens? A woman walks along that staircase every night at 12 o'clock on the dock. And so people come in, they set up monitors, and lo and behold, it's a disembodied soul, an exoplasm, an ethereal, an essence that is trapped in now. They can't get out of now. Now keeps happening over and over. The event was so traumatizing that they can't get out of it. It's happening all the time. It's called lost souls, trapped souls, trapped in limbo. They've got terms for days about it. It happens already in your mind if you don't think it's possible. And I'll tell you when it has happened. There are incidents in your life 
where, regardless of what you're doing, you'll flash back to a certain corner where events took place. If you had friends or somebody hung out on one spot, it could have been 20, 30 years ago, you can flash back to that. Or you can flash back to an incident in a concert where you was having a good time. Or you can flash back to falling off a bike or whatever. But you have these things that have, are called now already taking place in your mind and you are away from it sometimes 10, 15, and 20 years. Everybody here has had one of those events stamped in their mind. And that event reoccurs periodically. But what keeps you from being trapped in the now of that event is that the body is dying forwardly. Because when you were born, you started dying. You hear me? And you were dying because your cells were dying. You must expire. That's why they call it expiring. Expiration. You must expire before you can become totally ethereal again. But the events that take place while you are expiring, they stamp themselves in now. Like, go back to not the Savior's Day, but the last Savior's Day. And remember an event. And when you remember the event, you are reliving like now. So now is. Now is the all. The all is not moving forward with you. And the all is not left in the past with you. Everything that takes place has a purpose or it won't. Light, for instance. Light was a necessity to exist within a certain period of time in the all. Light didn't begin with the all, because if light began with the all, then the all would be light. God, Allah, Om, Theos, Hashem, Adonai, Yahweh, Elohim, all of them are events in the all appropriated for specific time zones when they needed to be. That is why I said two years ago, before you believed in Allah, He didn't exist. Before you knew of Allah, He didn't exist. Because all that really exists to you is you right now. And when you're talking to a Negro, and they're talking about what's going to happen, you tell them that's not important. What's important is What's important, what's moving on, is right now. And how much time I waste talking to you and what I benefit or lose while talking to you. Because whenever you come in contact with any two people, I mean, or any two people come in contact with each other, one is gaining and one is losing. If you give something to somebody, I don't care what they ask you, they're still just another human being, you've lost. If they give something to you, you've gained. How do you utilize now? If you come out here and you talk to me, I give you something that you take with you forever. It's like saying, 
See that puddle over there? Don't fall. So now when you leave me, and as you encounter people in each event of now in your life, you come to find out things I say become important at the moment. Meaning, someone starts a conversation, and you say, that's interesting. Pop was just talking about that. Bam, you're right on. Because I need that now. <laughs> you know I mean? They want to alter our now. Because we have a new zero time reference. We are altering time. For all intents and purposes, it all should be over. But it has just begun. All of my beloved brothers who preceded me, all of them, the messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the prophet, Noble Juali, the seer, Marcus Garvey, all of them were leading up to now, where we can start time from here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I was on one of They elaborate more on the, uh, the, 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 I think you said E1 plus E2 equals the light of the sun. Can you elaborate? Yes. Um, when you say E1, E2, and I know you like that subject because I watch your classes. It's <laughs> pretty good. I watch it. It's pretty good. Y'all guys are doing pretty good out there. Thank you. Um, when you say E1 and E2 equals the sun, light, Basically, all you're saying is hydrogen and helium, right? H1 is really hydrogen. On the other side of it, there has to be an etheric light for the other sun, Utu, the etheric sun. You have the manifestation of a sun on this side, and then you have a manifestation of an etheric sun on the other side, an energy light. Let me show you what happens with that. In the um, Islamic world, touching on the base, you have what's called the star and crescent. You follow that? And they say that it's a symbol of the universe. The light symbol is this and it's this and it's this. It's the illusion. It's the lie. It's the confusion symbol. The reason why I say that, I'm going back to the sun. That's where I'm going there. Is because when you see a crescent, you see that? And you put a star right here or right here from your side. You see that in the, in the crescent? I ask you. Is that possible? Think before you answer, please. Don't be no, don't be no, don't, don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Want to know. Is it possible for the star to sit in a crescent? Why not? That's right. Because the crescent is a moon. And the whole moon is really there. You're just seeing a portion block. And stars are further away from us than the moon. So no star could get on this side of the moon without blocking it out. It's a symbol of deception. You follow? And identifies with the triple darkness on the other side of the ether. That there is a recognition of other suns. Now, on this side of the ether, you have H1 hydrogen, right? Again, 554 million tons of hydrogen is changed into 550 million tons of helium each second on the sun.
That means hydrogen combined to make helium, too, H-E. And as helium burns, it gives off more hydrogen. Someone had to make that sun. Someone had to create that formula because it could never reach the helium without some outside force bringing them together to start this tumbling process. So just like that sun on this side gives light warmth on the physical plane, on the other side, ether one and ether two produces the light of the sun on the spiritual side. And the process is ether one changes into ether two, which gives off bad information that is then rejuvenated into good information and gives off pure light. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When the man comes along that can take bad information and make it good information, he is the son of righteousness. When the man comes along that can take the teachings of the nation of Islam, which has been corrupted information, and take that corrupted information and make it good information and healthy information for the people, that's the son of righteousness. When that man comes along that can take that Quran that has been tampered with and write the wrong in it, that's the son of righteousness. The same applies to the Torah. When a man comes along, he can take the teachings of the messenger or the prophet, Jehovah and change those bad teachings into good teachings for you, that's the son of righteousness. But the man can take dead soil and the sun can come out and grow fresh vegetables in it. When I can come here and take this earth, you people, and rejuvenate life in you, and grow in you, I'm inside you like a plant, and I'm blossoming in your brain. I'm turning you into pure light without you even realizing it. When that person comes, that person is called the son of righteousness. But the sad part about it is he can only come at the end, like before, the great and dreadful day. Presence represents the great and dreadful day when the messenger of Elijah Muhammad finished his mission. He had succeeded in turning the hearts of the father toward their son. But the devil stepped in and disrupted. And that's why I was necessary. I was off in my place in Ansar. I was not involved in what they were doing. But when they corrupted what he was doing for them, then it was necessary for them to take and bring the Yahweh or the Lord into existence that I may, as the Son of Righteousness, turn all of this bad to good. You were falling off the cliff and you had to be caught. Meaning, you were fed up. You were being confused. You were being lied to. You were following along and you were seeing corruption in the mob. You were seeing corruption in the synagogue. You were seeing corruption in the church. They did not send a preacher. They did not send a religious man. I've been telling people for years, stop trying to judge me as a religious man so you can find fault in my character. I'm not a religious man. I am a teacher. Religious people don't work well with you. 
You need a teacher. Someone that will allow you to badger them just to give you the truth. Someone that will allow you to exercise all your egos at them just to give you the truth. You understand? So I incarnate here. So I can stand before you. And in all that you have been given, in all that you have been taught, in all that you read, in all that you think you know, when you come before me, you have to humble yourself. Because no matter how far the ladder you think you are, you know I can humble you. And it is better to have one man humble you and you rule all other men than to argue with me and be ruled by all other men. You follow me? It's better to stand before me as a father and let me chastise you and get you right and you look good in the eyes of everybody else than standing out there looking like a fool. Because when you see a brother on the street now in a bow tie, you follow? He be saying, he just don't know. He just don't know. When you see a follower of Yahweh being Yahweh, you say, he just don't know. They have no idea. The biggest conversation y'all have in your travel to the day is people have no idea this is going on. Damn, look at these people. They don't even know this world is coming down. They don't even know if the are here. They don't know if independence, the movie Independence is them telling them something. You know it, though. And that is the blessing. Many are called. And I stood up in 1970 and I yelled and I called and I said, many are called, but few are chosen. When they get to shifting it, all of them left. Some of them are back in the street niggas. Some of them think, oh, he's so slick. He's this, he's that. No, I'm the man that's consistent in facts. You see me as, because you have judged me by religious eyes and said he's not a holy man heard he does this he sings music I can do that I can do all of that I'm not your preacher I ain't your imam I told him in Brooklyn don't call me imam I'm not no imam okay imam I'm not a religious person I am simply a teacher a man coming to right the wrong and my very presence and what I stand for and what I teach you is doing the job. Again, nobody can. None of y'all can do that. And all those fools that left here, and all those that were fools that left here, all they can talk about is the teaching, not the teaching. They can talk about me and how much they don't like me and how I didn't do this and how I didn't do that. But one thing I always did was my job. Regardless of whether I neglected beauty, a book was still coming out for the whole of our people. You follow what I'm saying? I have many people saying, you know, brother so-and-so misses you. I said, I don't remember who it is. He ceased to exist in my world. Because I have a job to do that's bigger than you. They don't understand a person with a mission. They don't understand your insanity about your mission. They want you to be a person. And I always tell them, if I was a person, I wouldn't be the person I am. 
and you probably wouldn't want to talk to me. It's the person I am that makes you want to talk to me. And in being that person, I don't have time for you unless you are in my world, unless you want to make this happen, unless you want to help make this happen. Other than that, I don't have no time for you. And I'll give you enough time for you to see that I'm not thinking. I'm not playing. Oh, he's just this. You don't know me. I have died for you people thousands of times. My life has been on the line for you people thousands of times. You understand? I am the only one who would get up. Nobody else got up and talked about the world. And all you saw it. And put my tooth in hand. The nation is all I'm surprised they didn't kill him. You don't think I knew that? But guess what? My responsibility. Man, you translate your own Quran, man. I have to kill you. Guess what? I got a job to do. But then that's what's important to me. And the moment your life is less important to you than the job, you're going to see that everything in the universe works for you. As long as you got yourself out front, you want to party and have a good time and laugh and joke all the time, remember, you're going to be a failure. And you start doing for others more than you do for yourself, and you're going to succeed. You start putting yourself in front of everything. Put other people out, give to other people. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to find that that power of love, that's the thing that controls me. People don't think because they don't know me. I don't express my love by, by, by sitting on my lap and patting. I express my love by making sure that you have a place to sit. You follow? The deal is, I'm going to tell you the truth regardless of how bitter it is to others. I don't care how mad the Muslims get, defend it. Defend it with truth, not with a weapon. Defend it with truth. If everything I'm saying about Farad is not true, then you produce the facts. You follow what I'm saying? If what I'm saying about Islam is not true, then produce a book and prove it. I put a book out 10 years ago, 360 questions asked the Muslim, they ain't answered it yet. All they're still trying to push is the Bilal filler book. What does it deal with? Me, the teacher. That's because they think I am like their minister, the religious guy. I'm not. I'm a person. Play Monopoly with me and I'll cheat if I can win. Just for the fun of it. And that's my way of telling you, don't make me the preacher. We played baseball, I cheated. Say he's cheating. Pops is cheating. And he was having fun. The fool was the one saying, Pops is cheating. That fool will later go off and slander. I watch the people on the internet ignore him. They can't ignore me. They're too interested in what I have to say on the internet. The room captain, whoever says, ignore him, the people are still asking me questions. Well, you see, they can't. I know that. You understand what I'm saying? I know they can't ignore me. They can't help. They're waiting for Sunday, they're waiting for me. Our room is so full that people are mad at us. Who is this Malachi person? The only thing is wrong. It's you people not coming and saying, that's God. And get them real mad to keep the conversation going. 
You instead of you both busy not saying, that's God right there. You know God is right there talking to you. Anything you want to know, he ain't God. Yes, he is God. He ain't God. How can a 5% say I'm not God and believe some wino in Harlem became God? Bonafide wino, ex follower of Morris Science Temple, which is obvious by the symbol on the, of the 5%. The symbol of the 5% is a number of a circle, a 7, and a star and a crescent with NATO symbol behind it. That, that eight-pointed star is NATO symbol. And the circle and the 7 is Noble Juali. Don't tell me Clarence was in the nation of Islam and never heard about Noble Juali. I call you a liar. 5% symbol is a Morris science symbol. 5% bragged that they were sitting in top full of nuts when he said, I met the father. And we was drinking a cup of coffee. God, Allah, in person is drinking a cup of caffeine. But I can't be God. But a wino can be God. A half white man, half white and half black, could be God, who ate pork, by the way. But Allah, they tell you, ate pork and then told him, don't eat this. He could be God, or Allah, and I can't be God. Yeah, yeah. You got some yuppie on the cross with a 1960s hippie hairstyle called Jesus. He could be God and I can't be God. Who y'all fooling, man? And only one of all those gods that show and prove their God by their works is me. Ain't nobody took all the scriptures. I ain't met a teacher yet. Ask your teacher, why hasn't he translated the Quran for you himself, his way to support what he teaches? Even if they say he translated the Quran to support his teachings, say then why didn't your teacher support his teaching with his Quran? And why are you talking to why women? Now he asked the Hebrew, why didn't Yahweh Ben Yahweh translate the Torah? Instead of putting up some old phony book that looked like his own translation, some drawn sketches, and call it their Bible from the King James Version. And then turn to the Hebrew Israelites and say, why haven't Ben Ami and and then turn to the Israelite church and ask, why haven't Ermi? And keep on turning around and say, how come none of your Christian preachers ever took the time to translate the scripture so we could see what it says? Why that man? Where do you get the time to do all of this? Meanwhile, writing a hundred books a year, covering every subject that they ask. I write books based on what people ask you. As I listen, oh, you want to know about that? I'll tell you more than you want to know. I had one person say to me, how come I didn't go to a debate with Siraj Wahad? Do you know what, what happened to Siraj if you mentioned a debate with Imam Ethan? You make that man nervous and sick. He started getting sick. <laughs> Ahmed Didat then died, and that was their last hope for lying and messing stuff up. They cannot deal with us. <laughs> I heard a joke. It says, not to put it in our language, right? It says that there's a Nawapian who's us, and a Christian who's them camping together in the woods. And a bear comes. Correct? And as they get to running from the bear, the bear takes chase. And they're running. And they're running. And the Nawapian looks over to the Christian and says, what's he going to do now? He says, I'm going to pray. You know what I'm saying? He says, well, what you going to do, you know? 
because that bear is catching up with us. You follow? And walking says, I don't have but one thing to worry about. The Christian says, what? You're religious? He said, no. Beating you in running. <laughs> you understand what I mean? That's the real deal. Right, you keep praying and I'll keep running. Your race is against the bear. My race is against you. <laughs> you, you try to outrun him. I'm just going to outrun you. And we'll see. Shalom.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.